What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm diving into the real reality of House of Bravo. Tasha and Emma from the House of Bravo podcast change my life on this episode. First, they give me an impromptu astrology reading and give me some of the most perfectly timed words of encouragement that I believe I've ever received. Then we discuss the difference between controversial and problematic, and we come to the conclusion that everybody is being shortchanged, starting with the fans of color. I get astrological advice for content creators and people who are new to those practices who may need their mind eased a little bit. And so much more along the way. Lock in while I clock in because we most certainly get into it. Let's go. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I sent the link to Tasha, so I have a feeling she's just getting into her closet to record. (laughs) Wait. Sweet. I am so excited to have you both on. Same. We're excited to be on. Thank you for uh, reaching out to us. Of course. I'm trying to reach out to, you know, as many of the interesting pages as I can. And, you know, you guys do a podcast as well. So I was like, oh, I've got to get into as many podcasters as I can. So I've just been kind of hitting the pavement, beating streets, as they say. Yeah, totally. So do you record every day? Yeah. Pretty much. I try not to record on Saturdays and Sundays, but I do interviews. Well, I do at least one interview Monday through Friday. And then someday, well, I'm starting to double up and do two because I'm trying not to schedule my interviews too far out that people are forgetting they're happening. So instead of just scheduling one a day, I'll schedule one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And so, um, so I've been doing that. And so, um, but yeah, I pretty much record five days a week and then I put out new episodes five days a week and I just kind of like schedule them out. Damn, that's crazy. That's so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for the future talk show or for the future radio show that I'm trying to manifest. Yes. Yes, it's coming. You know. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Your lips to whatever program director's ears that needs to hear this. Right, right. Yeah, it's funny because when I was a kid, I like always wanted a radio show. Um, And now here I am. I had another podcast before, like two years ago, but I was doing it by myself. And after the... I knew, like, no, you need, like, for me, I need a co-host. Like, I don't want to just be talking with myself. (laughs) Speaking of co-host, hey. Hi. 
I didn't want oh, to interrupt. I didn't see no, that you joined. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I was like, oh my gosh. I wish this was like Zoom, you know, where you can like raise your hand and be like, hi. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. It's like basically like you're just tapping into a three-way phone call. It's very casual over here. Oh my gosh, yeah. So mean so mean girls of us right now. Very love right. It. Love very. It. Oh my gosh. But I just wanted to say also, Sean, congratulations on your rebrand and like this new chapter. That's so exciting for you. Thank you so much. Listen, there's been some things going on. Things are moving really fast over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I just kind of felt like there were some necessary changes that needed to happen outside of just me changing the artwork, of course. But um, mm -hmm. I just felt like, you know, if I'm going to go outside of just the world of drag, then I'm going to have to take like the entire persona outside of the world of drag and mm -hmm. not be necessarily a drag artist who does other things. I want to be a multi-hyphenate who happens to do drag. Oh my gosh, that's so wild. Yeah, I literally, like, multi-hyphenate popped into my brain as you were, like, before you even said it. So, totally. I totally get what you're saying, and I love this for you. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's literally on the vision board, because, like, I, you know, do music. I do this podcast. I do a podcast with my friend Megan that's, you know, strictly about housewives. Mm -hmm. I do music. So, like, there's so many things that I do, you know, but, like, all of that is rooted in dance. Like I started as a dancer and then all of this just, just kind of came as like branches to the tree, I guess. But yeah, so oh like I- gosh. I'm like, where's your Gemini energy? I know you got Virgo, right? <laughs> yes, but my husband is a Gemini. So there's my Gemini Aww. energy. <laughs> oh my my God, husband so is cute. a big Gemini. Oh yes. my well, Emma has like a Gemini stellium. So she's my Gemini. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You know, do matching have, Sean, do you know your time of birth? Two fourteen okay. um, a.m. Hold on, I'm now. I'm curious. I want to pull up your chart. Oh my gosh! It's yeah, somewhere in my phone. I I um took a screenshot of it, but I don't know it by heart. I know there's like I think Taurus somewhere in there, and I think maybe Cancer. I, I can't really remember. What um? What's your birthday? It's the 30th of August, 1991. Oh, hey, what's up? 91BB, so Jupiter and Leo. Yes. Eighth house, eighth house year. Look at this. I love it. And did you say 214? Yes. 214 a.m. or p.m.? A.m.? And what city were you born in? Fayetteville, North Carolina. Or as the kids call it, Vietnam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emma, this is gonna be a you because I'm on my phone in the closet. Listen, I know. I'm, I'm on, on my, my phone, phone in, in the, the car. closet, but I grabbed my iPad. Oh, yay. You're a Sagittarius rising. So am I. Oh, no. Ooh, Taurus moon. One of my favorite moon placements in the fifth. Very exciting. Oh my gosh. Big eclipse for you, BB, on Tuesday. Tell me what all of this means. Oh my gosh, Emma. I'm like, oh. I'm, I love that we're starting this off with like a, a reading for Sean. Please <laughs> I know, and well, thank I just you. wanted I'm to welcoming. see what energy we're working with. All right, Tasha, like I'm, I'm just gonna- welcome it all. If I send you a screenshot, will you be able to look at it or you can't, I, you can't like leave this screen without it dropping you? Okay, actually no, I just- fine. 
I just left the screen. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah, you're fine. As long as you're on Do Not Disturb and your phone doesn't lock, you're fine. Okay, hold on, Tasha. I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm so bad at technology. But I love this. (laughs) Tasha. Oh no, Tasha, are you still there? Okay. Yes, you are. Okay. (laughs) It sounded like you dropped for a second. Yeah, I just turned my phone on Do Not Disturb because I'm very bad at technology. (laughs) (laughs) I actually figured out what turning your phone on Do Not um, Lock um, by itself means. Like, I just found that in my display and brightness in my iPhone. And I was like, I can turn that on never so I don't have to watch my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. But now I've forgotten to turn it back on. So now my phone is, like, never going to lock by itself again unless I lock it by itself. Which I kind of do anyway, so it's yeah. okay. But I'm worried <laughs> about my battery now. Oh, that's like a whole other, yeah, that's like a whole other ball game. Yeah. And I have an iPhone, too, so we're all worried about our batteries right now. <laughs> yeah. With iOS 16, we're all, um. like, quaking right now. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. But oh my gosh, okay, I just also got your chart. Thank you for sending this, Emma. Yeah, the thing that sticks out to me is this Leo stellium. Mm. Jupiter, Mercury, and Venus. Yeah, absolutely. And also Sun and Mars and Virgo. Um, I, I love, honestly, I really love this energy. And I really do feel like, you know, especially with this, rebrand and this new chapter um taking place for you in your you know i guess pluto i can't it's like hovering over 11th and 12th but with that taurus moon in the fifth like and all these leo placements to me it's so deeply important for your natural voice to be heard in whatever capacity that might be and for you to you know have the compassion for yourself to allow this you know constant transformation growth um knowing that it's progress not perfection and not you know being crippled by it ultimately um and you know with this upcoming lunar eclipse in your fifth house you know that's very much rooted in fun leisure like sort of like your hobbies um but the fact that you know venus is also ruling over your sixth it's gonna be definitely a transformative sort of um i guess inflection point around Um, what you would consider daily rituals and hobbies so you know I would think naturally it would be sort of your podcast and any sort of any way you can be of service to your community if you will wow that oh this is the energy I need in the morning time (laughs) oh this is what I need because listen y'all when I said things are moving fast around here things are moving fast now mind you Nothing definite has happened as far as like the things that I'm working on right now. But I will say as far as this podcast specifically is concerned, the people who I've been allowed the opportunity to interview with just in launching this podcast like maybe a month and a half ago has been very remarkable to me. And the names that I have coming on are even more remarkable to me. So like it's just it's very exciting to see the people who allow me the opportunity to talk to them and the rate that I've been able to book people of any caliber because for me it's not about you know how big or small you are it's just more so about you know you wanting to do the interview and like having a story to tell so Mm -hmm. just being able to do this podcast in the way that I want to do it in the style of a talk show it's very intentional it's very specific and I 
chose to do that for a reason and so like the fact that it's just been going so well and the fact that I have interviews booked out at least until early December and like oh my god that's amazing thank you so much and let's just like I I don't want to jinx myself so I'm like dancing around what I'm trying to say right now but yeah, there are yeah. some things that I'm working on right now that yeah. I'm trying to bring to light and trying to manifest and bring it to fruition and I need that good and I need I need some good omens some good stars some good tell me what candles to buy do I need oh to buy Wendy's candle do I need to buy Karen's candle <laughs> Where do, I need, do I need to buy Carlton Jebbia's candle Oh my gosh. I feel like that would be very I would does she have a oh my god. Does she actually does have she a candle have, brand? Oh I don't know, but I, I would. really would need for that to happen. Because I will like buy a, every single one of Carlton Jebbia's candles. She's one of my favorites. Oh my god, really? That's so yes. funny. Oh she's man, one of Carlton. my favorites. Carlton was problematic for me. <laughs> really? Carlton. Well we could get tell me why. Kyle Emma likes Kyle. I feel like I feel like that also contributes to this. You know what? Yeah, oh. like I tend well, I'm to glad have you like opposite to opinions of, of a lot of other people. I'm like I don't understand why everyone hates Kyle. I think she's just trying to do her best and keep her family together. I have a lot of opinions on that, but luckily you're in a safe space, so, <laughs> I, so I'm not going. So I won't debate you on your opinions. I'll just try to understand them and just ask you to explain them more. Yeah. Don't worry. That that's what that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I don't like Kyle. <laughs> it's like no. We don't like Kyle. Well, that's why I love the dynamic between Tasha and myself. Um, because first of all, we have very differing opinions on a lot of things, and I think that just makes it more interesting to have a conversation than with someone who's like always agreeing with you and has the same exact opinions that you do. Um, but also like we're able to open each other's minds up to more than just our direct perspective. So mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. love that as well. Yeah, right. actually I'll second that. I actually, you know, on like a very spiritual note, like I actually do believe Emma and I were kind of put together to learn from each other and to really develop, um, like a beautiful partnership. And, you know, honestly, like I've, you know, we've got the podcast on for what, like a month-ish, month or so now. And it just feels really, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, It just, it feels really good to be producing content weekly and to feel it come naturally. So thumbs up universe. Thank you. <laughs> I absolutely love that. We are right there together. I launched September 8th. I think it's the day that I put, put out my, oh my, my first episode. Congrats to you too. Thank you. And now, like, I completely am feeling what you guys are feeling because now I have a sister podcast with Megan where we recap an old episode of Housewives and then we just shoot the shit about mm-hmm. the Housewives news. Yeah. And it is, I've never done a podcast with a host before, like, like with somebody else. Like, I've had a podcast before this where I did a, another daily show but it was more like a 50 episode mini series where I talked about the complexities and nuances of being black and queer while being a US citizen. Mm-hmm. And so that was by myself. And then I've always done a YouTube channel by myself. And then I launched this podcast. I literally like thought of the idea on let's say a Tuesday and I launched it on a Thursday. Like it was mm-hmm. that quick. Like I, cause I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it and, and I have to do it now or I'm gonna, put the idea down for another six months 
I was gonna say your Mars is in Virgo, um, so I feel like you know you're very deliberate and you're very efficient with what you do. So that tight turnaround like makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and Mars is retrograding through Gemini in your seventh house, so that's like the house of other of partnership. So kind of rethinking things that you're already putting your energy into and how it can, you know. Be done with another person, or how your relationships are with the other in relation to yourself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I am started like like me and Megan just started this podcast. I think we've done two or three episodes now, and um, we're actually going to be recording later today. Hey, Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Megan. <laughs> hey, Meg. Uh, but there's also some other things that I'm trying to do as well once again I don't like to change myself so I don't speak on them but there's some other projects that I'm working on that I'm putting out into the, in, into the universe and let's just say that I'm pitching some things right now mm-hmm. so there's but, a lot of things in the pot happening I was gonna say like I mean this is the last thing I'll say and if if you don't remember anything else from what I've said, like at least make sure this is the one you remember or try to, um, you know. Thank God I'm recording this. Thank God you are recording this, but oh my gosh, yeah, you have a recorded reading, that's awesome. Um, but <laughs> you know, with Jupiter in Leo um, and you know, based on sort of my studies and whatnot, um, you know, Jupiter, where Jupiter is in your chart is sort of where you should have the most faith in yourself. Um, because, you know, Jupiter as a planet begets abundance, begets opportunities. And it just so happens that your Jupiter is in Leo, which is your natural voice, ultimately. It is your inherent creative expression that comes from you. Um, so ultimately for me, it's like, because Jupiter is also your chart ruler, there is there should be an utmost faith in your natural voice, above all, because it will beget abundance the way that I know you can. I know your voice can. Listen, hold on, wait, wait. <laughs> can I get a cry-angle from Prop? <laughs> <laughs> Candace, <a> Candace. <laughs> Candace, I need a cry-angle. Hold on, sis, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my gosh. Hold on. T- tilt backwards, tilt the head backwards, you know. Tilt all the way back. Tilt all the, recline the that chair, recline that chair yes. in the front seat, you know. <laughs> yes. Wake me up inside. Woo, you know. Ooh. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm reacting so strongly to that because that's directly what I've been questioning. Oh, baby. Um... Just because, mm-hmm. uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> not today, Damn. Satan. <laughs> not today. Not today, neck. <laughs> not today, eyes. Not today, eyes. Ankles. I did not even get that, but I loved it. <laughs> Candace is so witty, honestly. Like that Gemini sag life is like, I mean, you have that too. You're so witty too. What? What? <laughs> you don't say, me, darling. You never, never, darling. I'm just a, I'm just a humble girl in a Barbie world. You know, With I'm a long Gemini. You know. But oh, no, I'm reacting so strongly to that because 
that's really what I've been questioning just because of the fact that I do have such strong and oppositional opinions to what stereotypically praise. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I do have mm-hmm. an oppositionist voice. So it it does lead me to question how much someone as direct and outspoken as I am about the topics that I speak about, how far that's going to get me or where that's going. Like, like it's more so less of me not thinking that I'm going to be successful. It's more so me being conscious of certain spaces are not going to be for me because of the severity and intensity of my voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to read that as being aggressive, mm-hmm. it's, but they're spelling assertive wrong. <laughs> um, just, you know, a little for sure, spelling yeah. lesson for your children out there. But <laughs> uh, it's not aggressive, it's assertive. But uh, yeah, like, I just know that I have a very specific type of voice and I know that like, I don't, the things that I want to do and the messages that I want to deliver are for the masses. I just question if I'm the messenger, like a vessel or a, like an, a, a bridge for that to happen. Like I question sometimes, is it supposed to be me, the one delivering the message or am I supposed to be producing the person who's delivering the message? Like, am I supposed to be just writing behind the scenes? Am I supposed to be the personality? Is it supposed to be me? Like, I've like I've become really insecure about my stutter recently. Like, I've noticed that that's become a very sore spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been stuttering as long as I can talk, far as I can, far as far as I can remember, you know. And so, it's been something that not necessarily that I've become comfortable with. It's just what I've become used to, and so. I don't really think about it as much, but as I've been doing these interviews, I've become more and more aware of it. And there are very specific interviews that I've been very nervous to do because of the people who I'm talking to and the possibilities that could come from those interviews and the impression that I want to make. And it's made me very insecure about it. And now it's something that I'm hyper aware of all the time. So now I'm like, is that going to hold me back? Like, is that something that's mm-hmm. going to, on top of me appearing to just be a loud mouth, loose cannon, I'm trying to use every acronym or phrasing before <laughs> I say angry black person. Right, right. That. So it's just hearing that it's like, it's a relief. I'll say that. Yeah. That was a long way to say that was relieving. Sorry. No, I'm 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 glad that resonated and most importantly, like I hope you know that the world is so big, you know, and there's definitely always enough space for every voice to get accommodated. And I think that especially with Leo energy, it's so deeply important that you know, I'm not saying like it's it's such a beautiful duality, right? Like it's express yourself and really tap into your natural voice and not be afraid of what the applause is, but an important element of that energy is also understanding and recognize where that applause comes from to surround yourself with that community. And so for you to recognize sort of, okay, like I wanna still be who I am, but I'm gonna find my right audience is so key to that. And for me, you know, your Mars is in your tent. That's such a high profile placement. so no doubt like your diligence and the way you work at 
I mean, you're doing five episodes a week. Like you work very hard at what you do, and you know, I'm I know that voice will get out there, and I know it'll find its audience. And you know, I'm definitely an audience, so um, I'm like deeply happy to you know continuously support moving forward as well. I appreciate y'all. Y'all not gonna get me crying on my own damn show, no ma'am. <laughs> oh, this is just the beginning. We're just getting started. <laughs> well, then if Emma, that's Emma the keeps case... things light. Emma keep things light on our end. I well, usually go very deep. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, like, then if Tasha that's the is... case, I'm ready for the ride, honey. Let me just get me a drink of water or some lemonade. <laughs> okay i'm ready yeah so when we look at tasha's and my charts like tasha she literally calls herself agent of pluto and pluto is like right on her ascendant it is very much a part of who she is no matter what she's gonna do that's gonna be a heavy influence and pluto is like intensity and transformation and power and then like my ruling planet is jupiter uh, i'm a sagittarius rising so i'm like about abundance and optimism and brightness so we're like very much um we we like balance each other's out very well we're complimentary yes <laughs> complimentary exactly I love that. I need y'all to teach me all about this stuff because I basically know that I'm a Virgo, my child is a Virgo, and my husband is a Gemini. And it starts and stops there. <laughs> really, like, all I really know is that I am a Virgo's Virgo. Based on what I know about Virgos, apparently I am a true through and through Virgo if you ask myself or, or anybody else. But okay. I'll ask y'all. <laughs> Honestly, What's I'm the Virgo just... given? Is it given Virgo or what? Honestly, I don't know what you Not that me. much. Yeah, I don't know. Not, I think maybe, I don't know. You're it might be just the host, sun so. and the Mars being there that makes it seem so strong because those are two very bright planets, both physically and within a natal chart. Um, but you actually have like a very nice, I wouldn't say a balance of energy, but things are spread out amongst the elements and the modalities. Honestly, if anything, I would say more Leo just because Jupiter is on your Venus and Mercury. And um, to me, that's like, you know, Mercury is how you talk and communicate. And Venus is how you like establish relationships with people. And, you know, via this medium, I think it naturally appeals to your Jupiter side. And I think also in some way, Virgos like to be in control and you as moderator, that kind of checks out too. So it to me just... To me, it's more emblematic of you in the chart versus just like Virgo. You know what I'm saying? I love that. So I represent my chart versus representing my side. Yeah, ultimately. I mean, that's why, you know, I think astrologers like, you know, yes, you can tell a lot about someone from the sun sign and that's really deeply important. But there's just so many different aspects that make up who you are. And, you know, we're all very complicated. So it's only natural that there would be other planets defining different sort of inherent functions or psyches, if you will. Ooh, I got homework to do. Ooh, <laughs> or, you know, you can get a, you know, get a natal chart reading or, you know, talk to an astrologer. Um, it's all a vibe. It's all good vibes. Okay. Yes, okay. and I just want to speak to you really quickly. I pulled up of your course. human design chart because that's oh, yeah. like another modality that. that I work with. And in terms of like you saying, am I meant to be the producer or the talent? Um, I'm seeing that you can kind of be anything you want to be because you have. Okay, so like, let me take a step back. 
human design is kind of a agglomeration, conglomeration, a mixture of all these different <laughs> um, different modalities. So like it involves astrology, but it also pulls in the I Ching from Chinese, uh, you know, mysticism. It's early in the morning for me to be thinking still. Um, <laughs> the I Ching, the Kabbalah from, sorry, the Tree of Life from Kabbalah. Wow, I'm really off this morning. Uh, quantum physics, like there's a lot of things involved here. And then the final system is the chakras. And so I'm seeing that your identity center where we like know ourself and have consistent energy of that you have a defined identity center so like but you have an open throat which is how you manifest and bring things to life not manifest in like the woo-woo way but like literally bringing things to being so Mm -hmm. you know who you are but you can bring that into the world in so many different ways um So it's really up to you what you want to do and how you want to use that energy. But you can absolutely be the talent. And you have a profile that's called like a one three profile. And this is kind of the role that we play in life. And so it's made up of two lines, the one and the three. The one is all about having foundations. So it's like very important for you to have a solid foundation of what you're doing, what you're speaking on, like to come from a place of truth. And I think that's why you speak about things that are your experience. So, you know, like you mentioned your first uh, podcast or YouTube channel was about, you know, being black and and queer in America. Um, That's something you very firsthand know. And then Mm -hmm. the third line is all about trial and error, which basically like people will see it as failing, but failure is essential in order to succeed. So these people are like the most resilient people because They just fail over and over again, but they get back up and keep moving forward because failure is the process. Um, So just know that things for you are going to be very iterative and uh, they're going to build on each other, basically. But it's all working towards the same goal. Okay. That sounds very on track to what I'm trying to do, ideally, because you know in short term like my ideal goal would be to be the talent and the producer right to be able to work in both spaces effectively right Mm -hmm. and then long term my goal would be able to still operate as talent but more so predominantly work behind the scenes in the creative direction space in the artist development space in the production space in the you know management space like there's so many avenues where I want to touch the entertainment industry and work from a behind the scenes space while still having you know my radio show over here or my podcast over here that I still do just to get my fix of being talent once I'm old and you know my knees ain't kneeing no more and this ass ain't throwing in a circle no more once I can't get out here and do all of the you know Normani and the Janets and the things and the Oof. things. Oh my gosh. I, can, I can't, I can't even do that, do that on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Once I can't do that stuff no more, that's when I want to sit down and just, you know, have my little radio show that I go to for my nine to five. 
clock in, go in every day, do my morning show. But my real passion is like a full-blown production company, man of like management, artist development, like a full creative firm. Where it's that. like an in-house production team. Like I, that's the ultimate goal. And I've had this goal since I was 17. Like, I wrote this down for the first time when I was 17. And I, because I've always been told, write down your goals. Where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to do? What do you want to bring to yourself? And it's always like the ideas have shifted and changed, and the avenues of how I wanted to get it done have changed as the years have gone along. But it's always resulted in the long term goal being like a radio show that I go and do. And that's just like my nine to five gig that I do just and and stability and the thing that I do every day that I was going to pay the bills and put food on the table, but I also love doing it that ideally would be produced by my production company and through, you know, my own company. But, you know, that would be the passion project is to now create that same space for other artists and other people and different creatives outside of just myself do you get what i'm saying so hearing that it's like okay so i'm you're saying i'm on the right track without knowing that what track i'm on yeah exactly just continue to do what you've been doing put your energies into the things that excite you and light you up and you're gonna get there in both your natal chart and your human design like you're already following your passions and that's the most important. You know, this conversation is gonna take a completely different turn because I'm getting ready to throw out all my questions and I'm gonna just get advice from y'all as people <laughs> who do astrology but apply it to the to the aspect of content creation because, you know, we connected through reality TV but we finna connect on a content creator level right now. Um, mm -hmm. So, what is the most important thing that you guys apply from this system of awareness as far as astrology and all of the other things that play into the 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 charts and the functions? What's the most important thing that you that you guys apply to your content creation, and what would be the best advice that you would apply to me and other content creators to apply to theirs, regardless of their chart? Mm, yeah, that's a tricky question. I would say for content creation, no matter who you are, you're going to want to look at your Mercury placement because that's mm -hmm. how we think, how we communicate. And then also like your moon and your Mars because your moon is... Mm, actually, maybe not even the moon. Maybe Venus and Mars, actually. Like Venus is mm -hmm. what you like love you know, like in the physical sense of who you love, but also what you, what's important to you, what your values are, like that's ruled by Venus. And then Mars is aggression, uh, but action, you know? So Mars is where we have the energy to put something forth. Venus is what we value and Mercury is how we think and communicate. So I'd say like those three placements, you'd want to see what signs they're in, what house they're falling in, um, to help you get a picture of like how how you can show up in content creation yeah okay. I, 
I think for me, you know, I, I agree. Like those placements definitely, you know, important to check. Or,、um, but I also think if you're looking at signs, you know, where that energy lies. Like if you're a Libra, you're sort of like a natural artist. And to me, I think it's important that folks expand their definitions of what creativity can. Constitute can mean、totally. um, some of the most creative things I've seen. I've been so data heavy, but it's such a creative way of thinking. And、um, to me, and you know, it goes back to the advice earlier to you, you know, Sean, how having faith in that natural voice. And to me, honestly, I would even I would look at Jupiter、um, to see where you should bet on yourself more and to use that skill set to really、um, hone in on. What you really can bring to life and bring into abundance. Okay, I'm taking note as you're speaking. Excuse me, because I'm, <laughs> you know, I actually plan on doing homework and actually doing this work when I get off of the phone with you guys. So, where do you suggest that we look to when it comes to like self confidence or like reassurance within ourselves, like? What's the best place to focus on within ourselves? Maybe as like to remind ourselves of who we are, or to go back and check in with ourselves if things are changing. Does that make sense?、Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to go first, Emma, or do you want me to? You could take it because I'm gonna speak from human design, so we'll keep it with astrology with your answer. Okay. Cool. Um. So for. You know, if I'm thinking about confidence, I'm thinking about self worth. I would think about the second house traditionally in astrology.、Um, I would see sort of what planets are in it, what signs color it,、um, because also, you know, it's so interesting the link between how you feel about yourself versus what resources you have. I think it all matters, and you know, especially with your Taurus moon, I know that certainly resonates uh, somewhat. Um, uh, I'd also、Very、maybe even.、So. Right, and I, you know, I'd also potentially even see this is gonna, and this might be a little more controversial, but like I, and Emma knows I love saying that.、Um, but <laughs> love the, when people say, "Oh, this might be." Con-. I can't if I had a dollar. <laughs> That's our catchphrase. Every time somebody <laughs> thought something they said was controversial, I would, I would have every dollar that Kanye West just lost. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh! I mean, except he doesn't preface; he just says it. <laughs> he just says yeah, it. He's what, got a Gemini Sun, Saturn, and Leo. Like he's got he's yeah. This eclipse is not not great um for him. But um, back to <laughs> back to Sean. You know, uh, uh, what I was gonna say was I would also actually look at the eighth house. Um, and now in astrology, a lot of you know folks associate it with like the house of death, taxes, intimacy. Um, shared resources,、um, all this—you know—not maybe the most fun things of life, but it's also where you know there's a lot of intimacy to be untapped.、Um, there's a lot of vulnerability to be untapped, and there's a lot of your superpower to tap into.、Um, and it's interesting, actually, Sean. You know, with your Cancer in your eighth house, right? It's ruled effectively by your Moon in Taurus in the fifth. The fact that you want to create this production team and have a home for people and organize it in such a way is so spot on with tapping into that superpower,、um, mm-hmm. natural superpower of yours.、Um, and inevitably, I, you know, you're 1991, so your North Node is in、um, Capricorn, I believe. 
that's also in now in your second house of resources. So for you, second and eighth houses definitely matter. But across the board, that's where I would go to to look at confidence um, and where to really build that faith in yourself and how to maybe disentangle it from materiality in other ways. Yeah, and from I agree with all that. Um, and from the human design standpoint, I think mm-hmm. we build our confidence by understanding our type. There are five types. And that's kind of like how your energy interacts with other people's energy. It's the most basic building block of the human design system. And so with that, like we know where we have energy to give, how our energy interacts, like, and that in itself is such an important thing to understand how you're unique from other people and how you're not meant to do things the way everyone else is meant to on like the most basic level. And then to support that would be like, we all have a strategy that's tied to the type that we are, the energy type we are, and our authority, which is how we make aligned decisions. So those are like the three most basic building blocks of human design, type, strategy, and authority. And once we understand our type and the strategy that corresponds with it, and lean into our authority, how we're individually meant to make decisions, we start to build that confidence because we see things kind of falling into place for ourselves when we're honoring our own energetics. Okay. So how do you suggest, from both of these sides, how do you suggest one tap in, figure out, or harness their superpower? Like, how do you, like, how do you recommend somebody go about figuring out what that is and how to affect the steps necessary to multiply that in their lives? I mean, I would say, get a reading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, flip a coin, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) But not even that. It's like, these systems are so deep and entangled that, like, you could read an astrology book or you can read source material on human design but unless you're entrenched in these systems and truly understand them you're not going to be seeing the whole picture you're going to be seeing parts of a whole and those can be interpreted potentially incorrectly if you're just looking at one piece and not the whole of you and that's the thing with these systems is they show us our uniqueness our gifts separate from someone else and so while your chart may look similar to someone who was born you know the day you were born or the next day they could look similar but they're actually going to have these nuances that are very loud (laughs) yeah definitely definitely um oh my gosh i i sometimes laugh at how oh i'm so sorry i wasn't gonna like drop drop an f-bomb here but um i'm I'm you can curse it's fine i I do it all the time oh okay cool (laughs) i like have this i do it all the time my sound moves in the first, so to me, it's like on, you know, knee-jerk reaction, basically. But, like, I'm going to get a little fucking dark, as I typically do, but... <laughs> Go for I, it. I personally feel like, well, not I personally, a lot of people have written about this, but where there is pain, there is art and beauty, and to me, a part of accessing um, a deep creative well or a way to channel it to be honest I think is even just self-awareness and not even you know getting a reading level which totally get a reading I totally I really recommend it it changed my life completely um, but just even 
understanding and honoring your emotions like oh something feels wrong like just even having that compassion and cultivating that self-awareness of that compassion to me is almost like the most elementary first step um and sometimes people get that from the reading sometimes you can get that on your own but you know wherever pluto is in your chart um and i'm deeply guided by pluto is sort of where you cultivate your greatest art that you want to leave to the world like john lennon had his pluto i think in the 6th or something and that's you know he created art for the world that was super transformative and that was a function of him you know working through his shadow work um so yeah that was my that was my um spiel for you know shadow work but also understanding the potential and healing and um compassion that it can bring for yourself and um but above all you know that self awareness to start how do you recommend somebody go about getting a reading you know i feel like one instagram's like an amazing resource uh i've usually gotten it or at least i've been starting to do word of mouth or at least a lot of my clients have come to me via word of mouth if you know they've had a really good experience and they've established a personal connection i found my in you know my first mentor huge robinson um just very universally guided honestly through instagram and you know for me i think there's just so much content out there and ultimately it's like it's kind of like dating you know it's like dating a therapist it's like dating whatever and when i say dating a therapist i actually mean you know when you try munch not that you're actively going to date a therapist but no i know exactly right right like, like you, for you the people like... listening <laughs> children <laughs> grow up but it's, it's, but it's important you know and so with the astrology too i think if you follow accounts online it's like oh cool like if they're posting content that resonates to me or if they're saying things that resonate then that's usually a really good sign like oh i want to go get a reading and um some astrologers also get really specific like emma actually is a really great astrocartographer you know so like she's really good at telling you where you should go to tap into your natural you know if you want to attract love or if you want to do like come into your power um i'm more intuitive deep shadow work and like having conversations about your day to day basically and trying to see how we can tap into the energy and take alignment like We all do very different things, um, but yeah, yeah. So to like piggyback back off of that, I've I have found some readers on Instagram that I liked their content, and then I got readings with them and was super disappointed because I didn't get out of the reading what I wanted to. Like I recently had a solar return reading, which you get like every year on your birthday, basically to figure out what the year ahead is going to look like, and I. I do these for myself, but I thought, you know what? Like it would be really nice to see someone else's perspective of what my year is going to be like. And it was awful. I was so disappointed. All she was doing was telling me that the transits that were going to happen in the upcoming year and it's like, dude, I'm an astrologer. I know what transits are happening. Like, give me more. So like I would definitely say figure out what you want out of the reading. And when you do find someone that you think resonates with you or that you're called to ask them questions make sure that you're going to get what you want because there are so many of us and as Tasha mentioned we're, we're all so different and we all have our specialties some people want to know what the transits are going to be like to so they can plan their year around that that's not how i like to do things i want a story i give a story like i want things to be kind of like i don't know anyway but yeah so ask questions and if someone doesn't want to answer your questions they're not the right reader for you <laughs> 
Okay. So, what? Um, the best way Ooh. to frame this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love when there's hesitation. I'm like anticip- dying with anticipation. Like, Ooh. yeah, because you know, I think I'm someone who I didn't necessarily resonate the word shadow work with the process that I'm on right now but I think that I've been on this constant mission of self-awareness and self-improvement for Mm -hmm. at least the past two years now really consistently and really heavily and Mm -hmm. I think it's just been more so through like spiritual practice and like expression through like working out and like centering and like yoga things of that nature and so it's just been kind of like me just working to better myself Mm -hmm. but in that I found that I've had a lot of conversations with myself that have helped me kind of navigate through a lot of the trauma that I've been carrying along with me through this process right and I am wanting to dive deeper into that I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing Mm mm-hmm so I'll phrase that for the greater sake of the audience. How does one, once they know like it's time for me to do the work, it's time for me to get into it, it's time for me to really like take that step and like really get my shit together. How do you suggest one begin shadow work? Do they go to the reading? Do they do work on themselves to, to figure out what they need? Like, hey, like, like what's first? Is it the chicken or the egg here? It depends on the person, I think. Yeah, that's honestly. exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, like for me, I was energy. always very averse to therapy. Actually, funnily enough, um, I I love the theory. I love the practice of therapy. I do. I me will vouch for it any single every single day. But it was never the right modicum for me, and that was ultimately because I wanted to figure shit out for myself and it is it was a much longer road ultimately um but i do feel you know very similar to you like the last few years especially with you know our saturn returns um with these eclipses it just it it has felt almost like a reckoning and for you you know you're also in an eighth house year it is very much revisiting a lot of old programming and reframing it um and really understanding so yeah i mean it depends on the person if you're into if you want information i would i like i wouldn't even hesitate going to get in like a reading like i a lot of the clients that i have honestly kind of treat it like i see them regularly like every couple of months or so just you know just to chat and whatnot and um to me it's just another way of making you feel hopefully supported and seen um especially you know when there's so little of that in the current climate right now Do you have anything else, Emma? All right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you pretty much said it all. But yeah, I think it just really depends on the person because mm, everyone needs different healings or like, and not everyone's eyes are opened in the same way. Like someone might be sitting at a coffee shop having a conversation and that kind of just like blows their mind to see certain things about themselves. Whereas if they had sat down in a reading with one of us, they wouldn't necessarily be open to the concepts we're delivering or the things that we're saying. Um, so yeah, I think like 
I think every person's on their own journey, right? So it's it's going to be unique how they heal and and how they go about that and and when. Okay. Okay. Sorry for not a more direct answer. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine because I think some questions need to just be guided and not necessarily answered. You know, some mm-hmm. some questions I feel like you just need to guide the person to figure out the answer for themselves instead of telling them an answer because you can't really give them a direct answer because it's circumstantial. Um and I completely get that. So I so I feel like all the people listening will be able to place your words into their own situations and like figure out how that applies to them for themselves and it's going to hit them differently as the kids say on TikTok. <laughs> um, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I'm 31, but I project myself to be 15 the way that I carry myself <laughs> sometimes because I just feel like I've, I, I feel like I'm on my seventh of nine lives. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm 31, but I'm old out here in these streets. (laughs) So I'm like, girl, I done been here, done that, and I'm doing it again. Now I'm back doing bell bottoms for a third time. Don't play with me. (laughs) Like, we still out here. Like, fine, wine. Okay. But, just aging magnificently, okay? Gen Z ain't got nothing on this. Just kidding. I, I'm, I'm only just jealous because I'm not, <laughs> not cool I'm, enough to be Gen Z. <laughs> oh, I'm giving Princess Katana vibes. I am ten thousand years old, and you have no clue what's going on I with my skincare. It's, it is Cetaphil and yoga. Honestly, Those are my that's... secrets. That is the the more basic you get. I mean, you and Bethany Frankel shit, you know, link up obviously with real I, beauty, real clean beauty. Well, I reached out to her to be on my podcast, but she's a little little she's a little too busy to be on my show. But I will say that her that her team did respond very promptly, so I appreciated that. Oh, that's oh so wow, nice. that's I, impressive. Yeah, yeah, they responded within like twenty four hours. It was really quick. Oh, that's amazing. Go go, Bethany's team. Well done. Yeah, they were great. They were like, yeah, thanks for reaching out. Da, 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 da. Um, she's pretty much booked into the new year right now. Blah, 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 blah. She's not doing interviews right now. Da, 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 da. Um, so, you know, reach out in the new year, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh. Like, it threw me off because I wasn't expecting to be that quick. I was like, wait a minute, Bethany. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, what happened? What happened? <laughs> My inbox is on fire all of a sudden. Right. Like, I, like half the time, I, I just don't like... Most of the time when I send people a request to be on the podcast, I I send it with the expectation to not hear from them for at least a week. So mm-hmm. I give themselves like a seven day grace period to, to respond, right? So when they do yeah. respond like the same day, the next day, I'm like, oh shit, hey, what's up? Yeah. I, I won't be ready. You know, <laughs> prompt, 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 see prompt, you know, efficiency, efficiency, see efficiency, you know, that speaks to you, that speaks to you. It does, cause you know I'm, you know, I, I'm a very big, but like I have a full blown anxiety attack if I'm late for something, like yeah, very much so. <laughs> oh, baby, don't worry. There's life. Is life is long. Cool. Life is long. It is not <laughs> cool. Like it is not, like that is not cool. Cause I like plan everything like to be at least ten minutes in advance, twenty minutes in advance if I can. Mm-hmm. So like. Like, my husband sets all the clocks 10 minutes fast for me. Like... Aww. He gets you. 
Yes, like like he understands that, and it works for him because he's late to everything. That's what we do it for my mom because she's always late. But the problem is, like she she figured it out 15 years ago, and so she's like, "No, the clock's fast," and it's like, "No, no, no, it's not." <laughs> right, right. And like for me, it's like if you just get there on time and I'm 10 minutes early, then we'll both be happy. <laughs> Then we'll both be happy. So we set the clock at least 20 minutes fast. Boom. Problem solved. <laughs> but when I... people do decide to get their shit together and just go ahead and come in for this work and this healing, yeah. um, what do you think? This is probably going to be another this depends on the person type of questions. But I would say, what do you think are some of the best questions to be asking or what do you think? I'm, try- I'm trying to phrase it in a way that can guide people to help them discover what they're looking for. Do you get what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. if they know like kind of what questions to ask or like what to be looking for, maybe they can come in semi-prepared for the experience. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like I started the other one, the other, so you get to go first. Yeah. <laughs> So the first thing I thought was I see a psychic like one to two times a year that I've been seeing for well I don't see her we have a phone call she's in India but um shout out to her how's your how's your phone bill looking well girl it's not nineteen ninety five I'm sure it's fine <laughs> oh my girl it's not nineteen ninety seven I'm sure it's fine girl <laughs> you don't gotta God wait till your nighttime minute shout out oh, to gosh. Shout out um, to those days encrypted yes. life. Um, but yeah, so I like one, one of my favorite questions for her, and I learned this after many years of like sitting in over the months before I saw her, like writing down all the questions that came to mind and then having two hour long sessions where I would ask them all and end up getting nothing out of it. Like maybe even just asking, what do I need to know right now? Because everything changes constantly, whether it's with the sky or Mm -hmm. the energetics that are currently happening or even like each reader you see, no matter the modality, you could see five astrologers, you could see five intuitive astrologers. They're going to tell you different five different things. You could see like five different human design readers. They're going to tell you five different things because we're all coming from our own our own perspective and what we see in your chart. So I think that part of that is kind of the divine inner, not intervention, but like the universal way of sending you to the right person or the person that's going to tell you what you need to know. So leaving things kind of more open-ended, but also, as I said before to one of the other questions, knowing what you want out of it. Like, don't come in and just be like, tell me everything because no one can tell you everything. So like, what do I need to know right now? And then pick maybe like the top two to three things that are really weighing heavy on you or that you want answers to and try to focus and hone in on that. And those will like snowball into other things as the reading progresses. Yeah, Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, I, for me, I would actually also add, um, I guess like I do see inherently in that I have, have different practices around what we want so like for me I I would even say like for a lot of my friends sometimes you know I would even be like just let me know how you're feeling like what is your mental state at present are you okay like if you tell me you're anxious then 
to me that's like a big clue and I start looking into things so sometimes if like an emotion is how you're gonna if you want to describe your state of mind to me that's also super helpful like people come for everything honestly like everything sometimes people even come talk about their dreams and you know you can kind of walk through stuff in a chart um it is i think also just being aware of what astrology can really you know and a lot of the spiritual work like the reach and what it can really do for you and how all-encompassing it is and i think that's a big reason why emma and i wanted to do the podcast and you know i'm sure this was what came up in the original inspiration for the idea on her end but you know it really is how do you get to integrate astrology so much in your day-to-day that you don't even think about it like there's not even like oh i had this burning question or whatever it becomes so much like there's a routine conversation i just want to talk about my life and how do we then analyze it and look at it from an astrological perspective like to me it's all very integrated so um that's sort of where i'm trying to get with like a lot of my clients at least right now like just come in with the most open of minds and like just have a conversation about your life and everything anything you really want to talk about because to me anything you want to talk about is significant oh hello testing testing is this mic on <laughs> is this bitch recording yes she is okay can we all hear good morning charlie oh good <laughs> good morning angels um good morning, mars retrograde life y'all in gemini uh, it's yeah. just gonna be like mercury retrograde on crack uh. <laughs> Um, handle. Yeah, just be prepared. Professionalism. Be prepared. Always have a backup. Just let people know in advance. Be like, oh, these astrologers told me this is gonna be happening through January twelfth, plus an extra shadow period, so really through March. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I suddenly just feel like Squidward. Like. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i feel like there's just like so much energy just you know definitely like i keep telling everyone just like take a nap if you need a nap just take a nap because it's a lot <laughs> never needed i thought it was just me being 30 now well i'm 31 but i thought it was just me being in my 30s now i was like oh naps are important to people in their 30s now I was like <laughs> no bitch your ass need to rest your soul child yes amen rest your amen. soul in the name of beyonce child amen Alien superstars, you know, got a nap too. Sheesh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> we did kind of commandeer your interview though with our yeah astro <laughs> our genetics bag. or whatever. So if you want to take this time to like bring it back to where you had initially, yeah, honestly, sorry, I have, <laughs> no, because don't apologize at all because. I appreciate when that happens because I 
I have like specific things that I ask people, but there's not necessarily one specific thing that I'm looking to get out of my interviews because the people that I ask on the show are so different. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I basically just kind of invite the people on and let the conversation go where it goes. And whatever connection you have to reality TV is what got you on the show. So, so like, even if we never end up actually talking about reality TV, because I have more questions about what we were talking about. This is just what the episode <laughs> is about now. And they're just going to have to deal with that. So, 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 I mean, you know, they'll live. It is what it and, is. And it they'll is learn something. I said what I said. <laughs> y'all y'all going to learn something and deal with it. Amen. Now, Amen. Now, speaking of Lord having mercy, how do you... Because I'm sure you probably get some apprehension from people who are faith-based or Christians or just, you know, downright ignorant. And I'm like, girl, this is, what is this? What is this? What is this? Girl, science, what? Like, I don't, but what? What? How do you rest the people who have religious implications type of, or like a hesitance due to religion how do you ease their nerves a little bit when they want a reading but they're hesitant because they're like listen the way my jesus is set up jesus don't lie jesus don't lie we don't know nothing about this right but they but they're coming in so they have a willingness to hear what what do you how do you ease those people even though it ain't your responsibility because they brought their asses in the door just for you know for y'all listening (laughs) Um, oh my gosh, Emma, I was gonna say, do you want to take that? I can take that. Just want to be considerate. Of... I haven't had that experience from a religious standpoint. I have family members who, you know, come at me with the science of it, um, but I just show them articles that back up where I'm coming from, like science. You can see so many things play out in astrology from a science standpoint. I mean, even human design, the other system that I work with, one of the pillars of it is quantum physics. So it's like, that is science. Um, But as you said, I mean, if someone's coming to me, it's because something in them is pulling them. So like, I haven't really had, like from a client standpoint, I haven't had to do any convincing and I would never try to convince someone of something that they don't believe in either yeah like I I was trying to steer away from the word convince because I don't want to like force beliefs on anybody mm-hmm. but if yeah. somebody is willing to come and have the experience I was trying to more so say how do you like rest their nerves or like calm them a bit so they can experience without without getting in their own way of what they could receive. For sure. Um, You know, it's so funny. I think it's, again, universal synchronicity, but I was on Instagram and I actually believe I get messages via Instagram from the universe. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled. But um, Jonathan L. Dent- the universe is in your DM. Word. The universe, you know, better the universe than a troll, frankly, so- I would um, rather it be the universe than, well, I ain't gonna name no name. Shots right, right. <laughs> oh shit! Shots fucking fire, but for real though. Um, that's yeah, the podcast but, you're on. 
That is the pack as well. But like, you know, Jonathan Eldad, who's an amazing astrologer, um, he was saying today, you know, post it exactly about this, you know, how do you how do you harmonize God and astrology? And it's like, well, who the, who, who the heck do you think created the planets? Like, you know, like they just didn't exist. You know, like there is like a common thread. And I, I say that ultimately to say, I also came from a very secular profession. Like I actually used to work on Wall Street and, um, you know, did a full 180. And some of my clients actually do come from very secular, very non-spiritual and almost like very just, this is bullshit, this isn't real, blah, 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 blah. And I found the best way for me is always just, again, it's the same advice we've spoken about earlier, you know, to speak from your natural voice because when you do, people will listen. And for me, I found that I've, this is something I'm called to, this is something I'm deeply passionate about. And I think people can see that when you have deep belief in something, it's not just dogma it means something and ultimately you know we all work with energy we understand energy we know how energy feels when we walk into a room we know what how we feel when we walk down a dark alleyway and you know you don't really get you get that nervous gut or feeling in your stomach like we have all these gut feelings and ultimately with astrology i think it's just a beautiful way to think about energy and how energy can't be um, you know, created or destroyed. It can only be changed. And how beautiful it is to be able to work with the energy in your life. And it's not denouncing one or the other. Everything does have a form of surrender. At least my practice, you know, bases itself on surrender ultimately and flow in the universe. And I found that a lot of those um, really resonate. That kind of language resonates with people. Um, in who have strong faith because ultimately what is faith but compassion and if there is an element of judgment then are you really being that spiritual on both sides that's very true it's very true how do you suggest people like what amount of research do you suggest people do for themselves versus going to a reading for like do you suggest people go to a reading first and then research to expound on it or do you suggest people research first and then come to you with an awareness it can be both honestly I think there's a joy in breaking it down for people for the first time I think there's a joy in helping disprove people based on certain stereotypes in pop culture astrology and I think there's a beauty and also um wanting to like it's so interesting you know you bring this up for yourself a lot about how much work to do on your own because it is such a very sun mars and virgo thing for preparedness but also more importantly for you you know you have your pluto in the 12th and that is very much a let me work through my shit on my own first we have similar placements like that so there is that tilt to it um because a lot of times when i get people you know they've had some form of experience whether it's through an insta meme you know oh my god scorpios are you know crazy or like um aries are hotheads you know and um you come with certain perceptions and biases but ultimately like that's half the fun of the conversation it's to see where it takes you and one no one conversation is identical the way you would have a very different conversation with different astrologers like 
I'm always excited to see what new information comes up when I'm reading a chart and looking and getting to know my client better because there's so much more context and it helps me sort of see how the universe is playing out for them. We see patterns and we see paths. We don't see the direct way forward. Only you have that agency. So it's nice to have a back and forth, I think, about what those possibilities could be. How did you two come together and how did your your individual work in both of these spaces, which, you know, are complementary to each other, how did how did those works come together to do podcast about Bravo? Emily, Maybe I guess now this. we'll actually have a conversation <laughs> about reality TV. Fine. Fine. <laughs> you forced my hand. It's inevitable. inevitable. It's inevitable. But yeah, like how okay, does so... all of this work get to get to these these insufferable ass housewives? Hmm. Yeah, so kind of the way this all this all started was I was reading It's Not All Diamonds and Rose, the book about like the production behind the housewives. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was reading it, I was like the first chapters about Orange County and I was like wow I haven't actually watched what they're talking about in so many years it's been like 10 plus years it's more than that but I don't want to age my it's been a long time and I've been watching it all from the beginning um, right. and so there were like certain things that they're talking about in the book from a production standpoint and I like didn't remember those people or those instances so I started binging all the franchises from the beginning and there was the scene in Orange County where it was like Vicky and some of the original housewives get an astrologer and Vicky's so fucking excited because she found out she had like a grand fire trine which explained her energy and why she was the way she was and it just like lit her up so much to be like fuck all of you this is how I was created and you're trying to make me be something I'm not and I was like wow what a, what an amazing way to look at astrology and to like help people learn this language than through these people who are caricatures of themselves in a way like they're showing the most extreme sides of themselves by being on these shows um so that light bulb went off maybe back in January and I was kind of just like mulling it over, mulling it over. And I knew I wanted uh, like a co-host and and I found Tasha and she was just absolutely perfect uh, in the ways that we've discussed. Like we complement each other so well. She also loves Bravo. I don't have a lot of people in my life who care about Bravo or astrology, <laughs> but like even more so Bravo. Um <laughs> So it was just like really exciting for me and we hit it off immediately and it was just like, all right, let's go. I mean, that was my, that's my perspective. Tasha, I'm sure has her own perspective of the story. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. You know, like we were part of this like um, online astrological community um, called the 11th house at the time, or yeah, it's still called the 11th house, just a different platform. But, you know, it was a really lovely way to meet other astrologers. and I personally was coming out uh, into astrology. This was sort of the year that I made my career transition into this new life. And, um, you know, Emma had actually, I distinctly remember this. Emma had posted something about the housewives in like the wide community chat. And, you know, 
actually wanted to like have a little group session to discuss and it was me her um and grace one other person and you know we were just hitting it off and you know kind of never looked back really after that point and then once i quit my job full time it was just really lovely to dive into something and have another project that you know i could really sink my teeth into and this love child has been amazing experience thus far That's yeah i amazing. couldn't have imagined it going any better it's like literally become it like i couldn't have imagined that it would be as amazing as it is like the synergy between us and just like the flow and i it's just amazing basically if y'all don't listen to it it's okay we really want y'all to listen to it but we just um you know when you get really excited about talking about something and to like have your ast- astrology kind of check out and it's just all a really cool character study honestly so i get excited about it we get excited about it <laughs> yeah and i feel like for me um i'm someone who studies language uh throughout my life like i've always studied different languages but unless you're fully immersed in something you can't really understand that language or know how to use it properly so like i was coming from this from a standpoint of giving people a way to immerse themselves in as like we say in our trailer in the language of the stars and the lexicon of the stars cuz so many people you know like they know pop astrology or they know what it means to be a scorpio this or a you know a gemini that but it there's so much more than just that um so just giving like a really fun way through bravo housewives of learning these deeper impactful concepts and language this analyzing the women's charts maybe well as what 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 as much as what you can pull from their charts as you can cuz i don't know if you can pull the time these women were born off, off of wikipedia right but does analyzing what you can about these women these women help you have a more empathetic conversation about them totally yeah absolutely absolutely i mean we like you know our inaugural post on instagram was about jen shaw and tracking the lunation cycle like the full moons and the new moons and how those lined up with her respective um you know arrests court dates legal stuff like it's really to me it humanizes all of them completely like to understand oh what they're saying is there is some element of truth or i can see where there might be some element of truth in even though it might seem so out of place like obviously you know she's on the show saying she's innocent and innocent obviously we know she then later changes her plea and you know there was a lot of energy around that um in her chart so to me it's more just really cool to see how the transits and how everything kind of plays out for the housewives and it also to me is super interesting that you do get to see a lot more of them the more genuine selves on camera than you would think and of course editing and production does have a role as well but you know sometimes some of the things they say or some things that happen is just so spot on it's like undeniable um yeah Yeah, and energy can play out in like a high vibe or a low vibe. So even when people are doing things that aren't necessarily um 
thumbs like, up. I, we're not, we're like, not thumbs upping him. <laughs> right, right. Uh, like, it's like, I don't know how to say that there's no right or wrong, but it's we're like, not you a can thumbs still up. see that they're very much being themselves. Uh, it's just kind of a low vibe energy that they're portraying. And, you know, they're like, having a low vibrational plate, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I wish we did know more of their exact times of birth because the ones that we do, we see even more so how they're just falling victim to their negative or like low vibe energetics. And um, then there's times of like now, like eclipse cycles or other cosmic events that can really shake you into being more in alignment, being more high vibe. So being able to watch that kind of play out, as Tasha said, through the lunation cycles or all these other things. Um, I mean, Jen Shaw, if we look at her pleading guilty, it like from a social standpoint, you'll be like, oh, well, of course, because all these people are against her and they have all these facts and this and that. But it's like, when you align, line it up with what the moon was doing and what was going on in the sky, it's like, all right, like this is her karma. She's like just playing out and this is part of her journey. Um, so totally, I think it definitely makes you more empathetic to what they're doing and where they're coming from. It also makes you more suspicious though, low key, when, you know, people are claiming <laughs> that they're not actively meddling in drama and you're like, wait a minute, those placements seem a little more... Not to say like, you know, one place one or the other is more um, intentional about being messy, but... Ugh, you're talking about Heather Gay and I'm not I, happy about this. I'm literally, <laughs> I'm circumventing, but you know, you know how I feel about this. Like, I'm so just like, oh my God. No like, shit. Talk no shit. We, Heather, Heather and I have similar big three placements which is why i feel very strongly about this like she just has a different so she's a cancer sun stag rising and scorpio moon and i am a cancer sun stag moon and scorpio rising like obviously different flavors different tilts but you know we talked about this in our last episode like there is no fucking way with all her placements she did not think at all about having Angie as this like she didn't the fact that she said to Lisa I didn't even think about this bullshit like oh. it's bullshit you are a cancer and a fucking Scorpio moon like you have thought about every chess move and then last night's episode and you know Emma I'm probably gonna talk about this this week but like we clearly see she defo in my mind it was like a long-term game and like she got back at Lisa low-key by doing that so I don't, I'm, I am not, yeah. It just gives you more context. And I could be wrong. And, and I will totally eat my, eat my, I don't know, my hand or whatever. Like, I will own it if I'm wrong. But I believe there is something more. And it's deeper. And it's not because she's being a bitch or anything. It's because she's got her own unresolved trauma that she's trying to work through as well. And we all know how that can be really tough to deal with and navigate as an adult yeah but unfortunately once you like see something you can't unsee it so i like all this time i'm like heather gay could do no wrong and then last week she just totally burst my fucking bubble and even (laughs) just going into last night's episode i was so on edge it was like heather please redeem yourself please and she doesn't and now (laughs) 
she forms a choir instead. All I'm saying is, what a can <laughs> up. We'll get into it, but like, what a Cancerian move to like. Let me just try to start. Like, there, I just, I just. Oh my gosh, so many thoughts. Like, literally, so many thoughts. But it all kind of all checks out when you look at the chart, which is what is always amazing about this, honestly, more than anything. So to expound on that, how often do you find like you guys viewing the housewives or or reality stars in general through this perspective how often do you find you got find yourself humanizing their behavior or or calling bullshit what's that ratio look like Ooh, what is that ratio like um i'm a dorinda apology <laughs> my oh my ra- i know my ratio is probably like very skewed to humanizing but there are a select few that i will yeah, there are a select few that my opinions are so biased that I'm like, I like, like I just, yeah, I can't ever unchange that. Well, I might, I, I should really, but what about you, Emma? <laughs> For me, it kind of humanizes everybody, but it also just like, that just may be my Jupiterian self just being like, we're all just ourselves and we're all on our own journey and nothing's yeah. bad and nothing's wrong. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I could still be pro Rinna and pro all these other people that other people are so against, then it's like, they're just doing them. And while it doesn't vibe well with what society expects or wants or whatever, um, not that they shouldn't shift into high vibe or whatever but there there are no shoulds at the same time i don't know it's very complicated for me <laughs> yeah well, let me ask you this then because you keep bringing renna into this conversation <laughs> oh my and god really i thought that was the first time i mentioned her <laughs> not at all babe so <laughs> not that this question is specifically geared towards renna but a lot mm-hmm. of the times when i ask people this question she's brought up as an example of the latter to you, from your own perspective, what is the difference between a controversial reality star and a problematic reality star? Ooh, I love this question. I love this question, and I feel like we've tiptoed around it in our own conversations, but... Mm-hmm. Y'all got mm-hmm. on the right damn podcast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I say this every show. I dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel mm-hmm. is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Y'all yeah, I love that. Right I want everything out. Today. Yeah, <laughs> no, diving deep. I mean, Pluto in the 12th, let's go. Um, Absolutely. Huh. That's my aesthetic, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe, it's a vibe. Um, That's the name of my next album. It's going to be Jupiter in the 12th. <laughs> Ooh, Pluto. Ooh, I love that. I am um, hmm, controversial and problematic. So I think when I think controversial and problematic total line is when there is a perpetuation of a sentiment um, on a public forum that can in turn inflict wider damage um, into various communities. And I think for the housewives, for me especially, you know, racism and microaggressions have been 
a very big part about it. And, you know, you have beloved figures who are deeply problematic and some say controversial, some say problematic. Like, this might even inherently be a controversial statement. I think Jen's controversial. I think Ramona is problematic. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. That's how I would view those two categories. It's also wild because I would just, I would view the same by that same metric i would view erica as controversial not problematic although she did say some problematic things but erica's again not excusing anyone in terms of you know drugs alcohol circumstance or whatever um but the perpetuation the constant perpetuation of it over multiple seasons to me is also deeply problematic right versus one season type of thing so it is very to me, it's very housewife specific, but the criteria is ultimately, is it gonna inflict a wider shift in perspective? Is it, or is it just going against what is traditionally viewed as acceptable? Why do you think the Bravo fandom is the most toxic fandom in reality TV? Are you saying you think that, or are you asking us if we think that? Or is that just No, a I'm asking you, why do you think that that's a fact? Ugh. Um, (laughs) Let me rephrase the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think that it is a direct fact that the the Bravo fandom is the most toxic fandom in all of reality television? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have an answer. As a factual question that is not rhetorical. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Emma, do you do you have a I have I have an answer, but if you have an answer. I'm still to... trying to wrap my head around whether I agree with that statement. So you could take it. <laughs> sure. So I think I think and this might be just a comment on toxicity in general and what makes a group toxic. Um to me there is an element of conservatism, i.e. not in the traditional way we think about it, but conservative in the same way all cultures are conservative you know what I mean like you protect a certain type of brand a certain type of family and you know this Bravo community is somehow a family you establish rapports with the housewives based on these characters and people project themselves or identify with them regardless of whether we want to think about it actively or subconsciously like it's fair. I mean, I think I was listening to even the podcast that you were, or an episode with the heretics you were doing, Sean. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you wear X as a mess, Monique's your son, or whatever, right? And, um, you know, some people, might, or like, and then Katie Ross is your soul or something, right? So to me, it's like very much that, like that identification. And so when you identify with someone and someone criticizes, the other then takes that so personally and everything then becomes deeply personal and I think that's kind of what happens especially in these especially in the Bravo community granted you know when I went to BravoCon it was like a really supportive environment it was a very supportive and friendly place and granted you know I am a cis um, hetero woman I present pretty um, mainstream all things considered so I can I thought you were about to just say that I present pretty I was like <laughs> work bitch oh <laughs> like, I present pretty she does oh my gosh like, you're, you're so talk your shit ah! You're so sweet. Oh my gosh! But but, but, you, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it is to me. 
it is one of those things but i also do feel like there is ultimately like everyone just needs to take a step back in the bravo community and just remembers we are all in it because we love to see what these women put on camera and we love to go and we love to see the highs we love to see the lows we like to go on this emotional journey the detachment is key you can't identify yourself with the housewives and take everything personally and if people have a differing opinion against you it's not a personal thing it's a reaction to how these women are acting and actions don't behavior doesn't define the person ultimately although repeated behavior might be indicative of something more it to me it's um it can go both ways but i think the element of conservatism sometimes around that attachment or that projection can definitely allow for a lot more toxicity to breed in the environment yeah i never understand fanaticism or like even being fan culture yeah i don't get it like mm-hmm. Who are these people to you that you feel insulted when someone insults them? And mm-hmm. maybe it has to do with what Tasha was just saying about projecting and like relating to these people. So if they're attacked, then you feel attacked. But as much as I'm obsessed with these shows, I could care less about these actual people. I don't need to meet them. I don't need to be their friends. Like for me, this is a a character study. Mm-hmm. And now so a character study through a science that I study, you know, so it's like relating these two things and making connections between them, but um like when I say I like these people, I like what they bring to the show, whether it's problematic or not. Um I didn't answer the question about problematic versus controversial, but I think problematic is important especially in today's society for us to be able to have these conversations on a larger platform like mm-hmm. why is what ramona is saying wrong and how do we see other people that associate with her or like relate to her how do we open their eyes to why that's hurtful and problematic like it's not i mean at a certain point like someone should be shut down and turned off but um I'm not here to cancel people. I think it just opens up broader conversations and hopefully like if we didn't have this fan- fanatic culture, um I think we'd be able to have more open conversations and less conversations that lead to more hatred, bots. I don't understand these bots. It's like who has the fucking time to do shit like that? And why are we trying to tear everyone down? Like that that is just I don't understand, but that's just a personal thing. So, um I forgot the question we're answering now. <laughs> well, I think maybe I should make the question a little more direct because mm-hmm. I'm asking the question from a perspective that's intersectional. I'm speaking mm-hmm. from somebody who is black of third gender identity, queer, you know, all these other things, right? Mm-hmm. These things that aren't inherently um thought of to be represented when it comes to what's being put on television. Mm-hmm. So I so I guess what I'm trying to ask is do you recognize that there is a lack of focus or acknowledgement of the necessary or the need for the protection of not only housewives of color but the audience members of color 
who are being subjected to these problematic things without any type of trigger warning and because we have to see these types of things like there's no acknowledgement of these things happening so we're and then on top of that we're being gaslit out of our experience because you're being told that just because you didn't or because you claim you didn't intend for it to be that that it's not that like it's just yeah 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 it seems like the perspective that housewives is put through is from a caucasian perspective right mm-hmm. totally and so when it comes to the same company who is now preaching inclusion for housewives and bringing these and bringing these diverse housewives in but then simultaneously not protecting them from Mm-hmm. Or not from, from yeah. the shit that go from the other housewives, from the fans, but then not, but then also not even thinking about the audience and how the shit that they go through affects us. Like, like it just seems like even when it comes down to the way that it's handled at the reunion, Andy mm-hmm. has an inherent bias that is completely absent-minded of people of color, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he and he does this really absent-minded shit all the time. And it gets to a point to where it's like, how often, like, 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 how many times are we going to just sweep that off, justify it, call for understanding, as him being a person in a position of power, and now these women as being people, people on television, whether they ask to be or not, y'all are representation, y'all are role models, y'all are now people that people look up to, and as we spoke about earlier, identify with. Mm-hmm. So it's like. When are y'all going to step up to the plate and take the responsibility of having a certain level of social awareness when it comes to the diversity of the audience watching? Just like there's a there's a alleged attention being paid to to the diversity of the cast, but then like when is that like? Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, 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 it's, it's just trans- a lot. It's, it's it's a lot. It's frustrating. It's it's interesting, you know, because I'm, um, you know, I'm 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 an Asian woman. I'm not black. Um, but you know, and I don't want to ever group myself in the same because you know, fundamentally, like we're not, you know. And I, for me, like that BIPOC term is just so overtly inclusive and not necessarily understanding of the reality of the differences. Um, so right. for me, when I was watching. The Bachelor. That was actually my start into reality TV. Okay. That was such a white lens, obviously. Such a white show. It's still such a white show. And we've had some progress, I guess. You know, we've had Rachel Lindsay. We've had Taisha. We've had more significant players of color, or Black women, Black men, in the show. However, it's still a big issue. And it's actually one of the big reasons why I've chosen to remove myself from watching moving forward like nothing about that is speaking to me it's nothing about that's interesting to me I understand and it is incredibly frustrating right and I I also understand Emma's perspective on like why there comes a point in time where yes you have to have a platform to address why these are problematic but it is 2022 and we've lived through especially the past few years where it's if you don't understand why things are problematic then that's an indicator of a bigger problem in your understanding and so correct 
to, to watching that, watching the reunion for Beverly Hills, watching even the whole season, like everything was just incredibly, incredibly fucked up. And yes, there was some commotion about the way that Garcelle was being treated. And I know we have, we might, you and I might have differing opinions on um, the Crystal thing. And I'm not negating your your perspective. I actually think your perspective is deeply important about it. Um, You're as well, best babe. Yeah, no, no, no. I just talk wanna, your you know, shit. No, 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 no. I just for me, for like even with the crystal thing, right? Like as an Asian woman, it was so, and it's also part of the reason why I personally never vibed with Kyle. You know, mm. Kyle always reminded me, um, stereotypically, I'll admit, of, and I've told them of this, of a lot of women, white friends that I've had, white woman friends that I've had, who didn't want deep relationships, who only wanted to be surface level, and nothing mattered to me other than just the role I played in society outside of me being a person right and i see that come out in the show and even in the reunion you know when everyone's just like kind of one obviously with diana yelling at garcelle so fucking unacceptable two everyone ganging them up on crystal as well and granted yes gray area around what she said but i'm like what is all this you know white women ganging up on crystal like i understand if there's some anger but they're just I just don't understand why there's no self-awareness on how this looks and I do think that there is a lot more responsibility um, at least from from all of us content creator wise everything to really be vocal and to really state your shit because and I think that's why I really like the approach that Emma and I have come to with the astrology because it's not it's not a justification it's an informing tool and it allows me to understand your perspective to get over the initial anger around why can't you just understand this to breach through the privilege to breach through all these other concerns that somehow everyone has placed above social equity and awareness it allows again it gets to the humanizing element where why are you being like this what about this is causing this and it's just another way of to me understanding or helping contribute to the understanding because i'm actually watching the last season of new york right now and it's really hard to get through watching it's Mm. actually now getting hard to get through and you know i wanted to bring it up because i if I, with the whole Ramona and Ebony thing going on too right now, it's like, yes, and it brings it back to Emma's point too, right? Like, you have a problematic person like Ramona who, yes, she has her problematic antic on display. We're not apparently canceling her though. Instead, we've, we've, we now have two different Ronies. Like, no one got canceled, you know? In fact, they won. If we want to think about what what was at stake, right? Like, Ebony's not even on the show anymore. And if I were a person of color being cast on Roni at the time where Ebony was being cast, I wouldn't have done anything differently. There would have been too much anger. And there was just, to me, it was so important to have Ebony on the show at that moment in time as well. And it might have been very painful to watch, but it was so deeply educational for a lot of people, ultimately. At least if they took the second to understand where a lot of this hurt and pain was coming from. And that's that's the hope, but that doesn't deny that the reality is, you know, the pushback or the feedback from people. Like, I'm surprised even hearing like, oh, Ebony just wasn't the right fit for the show. And it's like, well, what kind of show are you trying to create then? 
Yeah, I think Ebony right. was the perfect fit for the show. I think she was able to handle those conversations that she was faced with. Was not even faced. She she pushed for them, and it was like, listen, Ramona, you need to open up your fucking ears. And that's what I appreciated about that. And the the thing with someone like Ramona is, and okay, like yes, I am a cis white woman, right? So like. There's, you know, like I'm coming from a very different perspective and I know there are a lot of people in this country, not just like Ramona, but way worse than Ramona. So to have her be put in her place, explained to like, this is why this is not okay. Like that I think is what's beautiful about the show where Ramona becomes super problematic for me is when I hear that she's using the n-word not on camera and things like that like that is unacceptable you know that's unacceptable there's no there's no room for holding your hand around something like that not that hands should be held but people grew up in different times and as much as they should be changing with the times we know that as you grow older you become more stubborn and less Malleable. stuck in your ways yeah, yeah. right um and so that's why i think that having these conversations are important because again if we look at the majority of our country hello trump was trump was fucking president you know like there's more of those people than not unfortunately so if we can address certain uncomfortable conversations on a platform where people are more like less how can i put this like it's a reality tale with kind your of puts food. it in a lighter place although then i see that it's not because people are getting bots and all this hate and all this stuff but like it's seemingly a open platform to have these discussions in a way that doesn't necessarily have to tie back to all the heavier shit behind it even though of course it is intrinsically tied back to all that heavy shit if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think that it's difficult because the problem is we want it to be a lot easier than it is and the problem Mm -hmm. is is that a lot of people who need to hear these conversations want the people who these conversations are being had on behalf of to Mm -hmm. present them in a way that's feasible for them that makes them feel comfortable that makes them feel like they're willing or like to massage them and open them up to to be willing to do it and it's like that's not how this situation works Mm -hmm. when we've been left to hold our own bag of trauma for years and now you want to act like you're creating a space that's inclusionary when it's something that should have been equal to my ass in the first fucking place. Mm -hmm. One is disrespectful and two, it makes me not understand like see with me a lot of the times the issues that I have you can take the housewife themselves out of it you can even take race out of it Mm -hmm. it comes down to a bare bones behavioral level Mm-hmm. treat people as you want to be treated if you were just another person in the world we could all be green mm-hmm. let's just say we all green everybody green in the whole world <laughs> if I step on your shoe you still not gonna like it we all green right mm-hmm. so 
if I dismiss your experience, if I if I gaslight you, if I call you a a a derogatory term or if you know like there are just certain things where it's like no matter who you do it to in whatever context it's still gonna end up being the same amount of fucked up yeah those are the things that I take the biggest issue with and it just so happens that a lot of the time those issues are conflated and stacked on top of with race or with misogyny or with women's issues or with politics or with you know these other things that conflated into a whole nother conversation when at the bare roots of it it's just interpersonal behavior Mm -hmm. yeah 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 well that's like the thing when we look at before our world became the melting pot that it has become Mm -hmm. and things were very like homogenous in areas we still had all these problems you know like humans are fucked up we're not we're all going through a rough experience in our own body and a lot of times we're very closed off to what is going on around us because we're so focused on our perspective and what we're experiencing so like race as you said and and sexuality just kind of compounds all of this into bigger um more traumatic issues but humans suck on a basic level and we're also incredible on a basic level um and i think what's interesting about these shows is they put you in a position to push you to see where you're gonna fall kind of on that line but i do think to the broader point like a lot of this is on the network like mm-hmm and I think it also just, yeah, it's like on the network because even yeah. now that they're introducing more, we could say diverse people, we have Julia in Miami being the first lesbian on the cast. And, you know, we have like tricklings of different races here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, is the Bravo network themselves becoming more inclusionary and the people working on these shows on production like when we look at a cast like Atlanta which is all black and they also have a lot of black production members working on it like I think that that's a good comparison to these all white casts and how things can be and how things are the same but also very different but like Mm -hmm. you're coming from a shared perspective when you're all kind of coming from the same place um and then also like when we speak to like again going back to like human nature it's not just the white people that are racist although it mainly is just because of the way that society is but like when we look at um jenny from salt lake city like she said really inappropriate things even like when mary i made a lot of videos about about it (laughs) yeah like when mary was talking about not wanting to go to a 7-eleven like she claimed that that wasn't racial but at the end of the day it was you know so it's like it's as like yes i'm I'm not trying to say that white people aren't the problem because we are the problem but we're also all the problem um And it's something that, and like, this is why I think cancel culture pisses me off so much because we can all fuck up. We all will fuck up. And do you really want to just be canceled? Now, again, at a certain point, if someone's not open to change and to just being open to other perspectives and things like that, then we have a problem. 
you know that mm-hmm. is that is a real fucking problem and you're just an asshole but mm-hmm. a lot of us are just dealing with our own shit and not aware and like yes that is all of that's our problem <laughs> it's all of our problems and it becomes a bigger problem I mean, it's like I was gonna say Beverly Hills oh. came out with HR like hello where was HR this whole time Mind you, I found out recently (laughs) that Bravo have a social responsibility department. Yeah, I was ever they all got to. They all got to. If that that is the number one interview that I want to have, don't now, (laughs) don't get me wrong. Now I love y'all down, (laughs) love y'all down. But however, that is the number one interview that I want to have. Who is the head of the social responsibility department at Bravo? Right, That's right. who I want to talk to because I got a lot of motherfucking questions. And you know what they're probably dealing with is environmental issues. All that social responsibility is just a way for a company to say we're doing our part in the world. It's not really like I've worked on those departments, not at Bravo. I'm not I can't speak to them directly, but it's a way of covering your ass more than anything else. It speaks to what Candy was saying a couple years ago. Where are the, see, there's a lot of, this is what I mean by these shows are curated through a white perspective because it's Mm -hmm. not just about the housewives. This is why I say that I come from a human resources perspective because my opinion goes to the editors, it goes to the producers, it goes to the casting agents, it goes to the executives, Mm -hmm. it goes to, to, to the network. It goes to how, the inclusion starts in the production office. It mm-hmm. starts in the boardroom. It starts in the casting. It starts like like there needs to be inclusion on every level. Because when you fuck around and you have an all-white cast with an all-white production, you fuck around and get people like Ramona who get three new production members on the cast because Ebony has now joined the cast. And now you get three new black girls in the room and you say some ignorant shit like now mm-hmm. there's so many black chicks on the staff that I can't remember y'all's name. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how now being in a room with three black people is now so overwhelming that you have the lack of capacity to remember names. Yet we walk around in a predominantly Caucasian society mm-hmm. and are expected to just act like everything is normal whatever that is yeah and that's why Ramona falls in the problematic category because she's not open to seeing her wrongdoing and what's hurtful like deeply deeply hurtful and fucked up about her actions and her words and then to bring on Bershawn and be like oh look I have a black friend it's like no no. <laughs> like, think about it see and, th- and this is why I can't stand Bershawn because mm-hmm. I can't sit here and look at the black person that Jenny Wynn brought up on her Instagram live with that <laughs> energy and look at Bershawn and see anything different. Like Bershawn gave me very pick me energy, but that's a whole separate conversation. But my issue with Ramona is even to this day, she is the exact same person. Put the pieces together. Before mm-hmm. Ebony ever filed her complaint, there was already two complaints filed against Ramona from people on the on the production staff that Ebony didn't even know about until after the show was already done with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're already being investigated twice over, you've already gone through that process. You're aware of it. You know what's happening. You 
you know that there's an investigation made because of some shit you said you you found out with Ebony I'm sure you found out with the other two right so now this is three separate investigations all based around this type of behavior Mm -hmm. and you get to Carlos King's podcast over a year later right 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 when the casting is picking up (laughs) for legacy as Kathy Hilton would say your contract was coming up Mm-hmm. And now you want to get your ass down to the Carlos King. I don't think that it's by chance that no. Ramona was on a black person's podcast talking this shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's by chance. No, she thinks you know she's being saying? smart, but we can all see through it. And again, this is where it comes back to the network. Like, I yes, feel like we her get doing that, that is the same thing as her bringing Vershawn on the show. Like, you talking to Carlos King like you've ever had a conversation with him in real life is... Mm-hmm. The same thing as you bringing her on the show and being like, being like, look, I have black friends that I met in Walmart today. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> right. And I'm glad that Sonia called her out on it, too. She's like, look, she just posted that because she's trying to not be on the wrong side of history. And that's mm-hmm. when Ebony was like, oh, shit, really? That's why she wanted to, like, post me with a happy birthday thing or something like that? Like, it's manipulative and it's it's disgusting. And actually what it does show is that Ramona does see her wrongdoing. She knows exactly and is what completely she's doing. okay with it. And is again, mm-hmm. like that's where it's problematic and not controversial. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm surprised that Bravo is still behind her. Um, yeah. it's kind of shocking actually. Those are the conversations that I'm trying to have. Because I can get over, you know brandy saying some shit about oh you don't um know how how to swim so you must be black i can get over some shit like that right Mm. i can get over somebody just having a lapse in words or like saying some shit just because they don't know no better and you know we grew up back in the days where people did racist shit on comedy central all the time and just called it a sketch right back in the day we got away with a lot of shit and just called it comedy So I have a certain level of understanding, like we were talking about earlier, about y'all said how people grew up in different times. And so they just have a different way of thinking because they were taught a different way. Racism and ignorance is taught, not inherited. So it's like, how do we bridge those conversations when we see people who have those type of tendencies? I automatically believe that their fans, like I feel like Ramona's fans are just as knowledgeable and just as ignorant as she is. Because mm-hmm. for me, like I know when a girl that I like for being shady is being shady. I know exactly what she's doing. I know exactly when she's clocking in. I know exactly what she's doing and why. So mm-hmm. for me, it's almost like, how can I say the same thing about Kenya, Giselle, Tamara? not take it on the other side of that coin and be like well do the fans of Ramona know exactly what she's doing and see all of this shit happening because it's not like they're not on the social media they're reading the comments too they're probably responding to a lot of them and they see what's going on like if Ramona don't see what's going on the fans do mm-hmm. yeah but again look at most of our country look who became our president like it's see what I'm it's, saying? A, it's an unfortunate reality it's an unfortunate reality that while we think of our country as so forward facing, like 
we're actually not like we're stuck in our own country's trauma and haven't really moved past it and there's so many misconceptions with certain groups of people as to why that should be the way of thinking um so I agree with you. It's the fans. It's the network. It's the whole system. It literally is the whole system. And I think that a lot of the reason why we got to this place, and I'm not just specifically blaming one group of people. I'm blaming everybody for this. We grew up in an era. I'm 31. I'm not going to ask a lady her age. But I grew up in an age where can I say this? I just lost my, my um, train of thought. I'm sorry. I, I just lost my entire train of thought. No, but no, no. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm you like, know, maybe that's... We come acro- across these conversations amongst us often because mm-hmm. we're only a year apart from each other. But mm-hmm. like a lot of the times I feel like a Ramona. Because, like... <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm making you feel like a Ramona. No, but it's, like, it's not a bad thing, right? It just makes me look at myself, my perspectives, my... How I was raised, you know? Like, um, it's important that these things come up amongst us. And, like, it's important that people everywhere don't shy away from the uncomfortable conversations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's... I don't think there's ever going to be an end. There's even when we're all, you know, my friend said recently, she's like, in a few generations, we're all just going to be different shades of brown. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be great. And there's still going to be racism. And there's still going to be all these other things. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if we go back to, like, we were all homogenous at one point. Like, there were still these issues. So there's always going to be something. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't negate the experience that people are having now. And, like, the need to make people feel like they're being heard and seen um, and represented. I think a part of that is what I was trying to um, say earlier before I lost it is a part of the reason why we got to this place as an audience is because I think we grew up in an era where people were saying like, um, that wasn't me, that was my ancestors, that wasn't me, that was my, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, back in the day, that was them, that's not me, that's not how I feel. And it was used as a way to to clip and cut off the the conversation and absorb mm-hmm. yourself of responsibility of educating yourself on what the experience that the person that you're having a conversation with right now is still going through because of your ancestors. And I think that because of that, there's so much ignorance that slid by because there were so many people unwilling to have the conversation just because they weren't the the, the direct proprietor of the trauma. They don't want to have those conversations about what the ancestors did three, four hundred years ago. But the problem is, is that I and my life and the people that we put in office and the people that we now put on, te- 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 on <laughs> TV, they now directly represent a microcosm of of the traumas that directly affect our country from day to day. That's mm-hmm. all reality TV is. It's just our country put on a very fine microscope. It's just our country put on a very fine microscope, and then it's 
then it's sensationalized for the entertainment value. But the problem is when you're not being aware and you're not inclusive from the ground up and having people in the room in the editing bay, in the casting, in the production to say, hey, that's not cool what she said. Hey, that's not okay. Hey, mm-hmm. that looks fucked up. You end up with a show that's enabling the same behaviors that we're trying to call out because the editors mm-hmm. don't even know any damn better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they may think that the shit that Renee is doing is funny, but they don't realize that that the shit that she's doing is problematic. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, the, so it has to go all the way across the board. But it's like, when are we gonna have the conversation? Like, when are people gonna stop and be like, listen? I know that I don't personally feel this way, but I need, but I, as somebody who was directly benefiting from the privilege of what my ancestors did, and somebody who cares about the feelings of somebody who is directly still oppressed by my ancestors in the actions that they had, how can I effectively help navigate this this conversation now? I think a lot of people just don't want to be associated with it because that's not how they feel so they don't want to be in the in the conversation at all and it's like but then how are you going to learn because Mm -hmm. we're just now having a conversation about microaggressions on reality tv in 2021 2022 Mm -hmm. how how are we just having a real conversation Mm -hmm. about colorism on the second black franchise Mm -hmm. and would these conversations even be happening if what happened in 2020 didn't happen probably not that's what i'm saying yeah so that takes me to atlanta because like i said i don't play favorites and and i hold everybody accountable bitches like kenya questioning portia using the show as a platform for her activism or using her being Mm -hmm. famous as a magnifying glass for the shit that she's doing politically and then questioning that Mm -hmm. pisses me the fuck off because as somebody who claims to do charity work this woman is an activist by bloodline like what happened to the days when celebrities used their cause or or they use their platform and they use their celebrity and they use their their platform to bring awareness to causes what happened to that why is Portia now all of a sudden clout chasing because she's bringing bringing awareness to something like black lives matter Kenya you were disgusting for that that is problematic as hell to me yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I I was just gonna basically say I feel like the Kardashian era because I'm always inclined to talk about the Kardashians but I'm just you know I love the Kardashians we can talk about them because I'm having a I'm having a devil's advocate battle of the minds with the Kardashians right now, but it's because I'm working through my own family trauma and watching them is soothing for me. But then I have to realize, oh, they have have a lot of history that they need to dive into. Completely wealth of assimilating black culture and completely stealing it without any source of, like it's so, to me, like it's so emblematic of pop culture. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I bring up the Kardashians because it's not just a housewife thing. It's like not at all. It's a, it's a, it's a reality wide, worldwide type of 
um, zeitgeist phenomenon. Like, I do appreciate that there might be, there are more, there are louder voices coming through, and social activism is, you know, the Kenya thing is really weird, and um, mm-hmm. I to acknowledge that, but I, you know, I can also understand if like. For whatever reason, I, I actually no, I can't understand that. Like that's just something beyond my comprehension. But it, to me, there's a just different tone into being accepted into the mainstream and what you, you know, what you talk about, what you can't talk about. And I also, I feel like in some way that was like a reflection of that. And I do feel like with the Kardashians, it's just very, it's just a very consumerism, very just oh, let's the Insta post, the social media post. Like it's not. And I, I, I get she's like going to be a lawyer and all this stuff, but like the reality is like the culture that's being created is one of cloth for the most part. Mm-hmm. To, bring to, oh, to bring it back to Kenya and Portia, I think mm-hmm. what that was was a personal issue getting 100%. in the way of something bigger. You know, mm-hmm. like Kenya has always something had something against Portia, and then with Portia's history of not knowing the Underground Railroad, not knowing her past, but it's like, clearly mm-hmm. she's saw the, like, what was problematic about that. And she mm-hmm. educated herself. And not only did she educate herself, but like you said, she took it a step further and used her platform oh. to help try and enact oh my change. I just, yeah. a, thought just a thought just came to me. Mm-hmm. So also like, it's like very, um, it's like a psychological theory, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you see someone in your friend group who you've traditionally seen as being the bottom or like someone who might be perceived as like quote unquote the bottom, whatever, mm-hmm. um, now actually, you know, changing their life. And like you kind of see this on a very small scale with like you and your gym friends or, all, or, or you and your friends, all of a sudden someone's like, I want to change my life. I want to start going to the gym more. There's no doubt, like, one or two people in that group that's kind of like, oh, like, who, like, why are you being such a hardo? Like, why do you want to go to the gym that much? You know, like, it's that kind of sentiment. But it really stems from this innate fear of feeling like you are now at the bottom of that group. You are, you, by virtue of someone actively improving themselves and growing, you've now taken that person's place at the bottom. And that's scary because things are changing and change is oftentimes um, a hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their heads around fully. Maybe if you're mutable, but um, to me, I think it's also it also speaks to that. Like, maybe am I doing enough? Am I doing enough at all with my platform? Maybe I inherently should be doing more humanitarian things because Kenya is also an Aquarius sun, you know? And there is a humanitarian tote to that energy historically. So for it to come out, and that's why I'm like, it's. I don't get why it's come out. The only reason I can think of is, ultimately, I mean, we'd have to see more of her chart, but I don't doubt there's a humanitarian element. I just, with Aquarian energy, it's also very much about perceptively belonging to your community. And that's also why I brought up the Kardashians. It's like, what community is Kenya trying to identify with? And how is that playing out in her dynamics with Portia? That's why um, it bothers me so badly because I think with Kenya, she's praised as somebody who's so intelligent and who's so quick-witted and 
and who's so calculated and all of those things. She's somebody who's always praised as somebody who knows exactly what she's doing. So the fact that Kenya hates Portia so much that she is willing to use an entire Mm -hmm. movement and social uprising as collateral damage just to take a shot at Portia, I feel like that was, as Mariah Huck would say, you showed your slip with that one, Heavenly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I'm watch like, Married to Medicine, but I uh, understand the so reference. Uh, <laughs> you get what, but you know what Paris means. Yes, um, yes, yes. It's just, it's just like Kenya, and then she did it with Sanya's husband by calling him aggressive. Like I'm like this word choice, mm-hmm, this word mm-hmm. choice, because you got to think millions of people watch this show, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not everybody that watches this show is black. Right. Right. So if you're once again, it's not like after people stopped protesting, Black Lives Matter was over or the need to be socially aware was over. We've been dealing with social oppression and, you know, systemic racism for the Mm -hmm. since the inception of of this country, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is you're on a national platform and now what you're doing is categorizing minimal behavior from a black man as mm-hmm. aggressive to a predominantly right. Caucasian audience. Right, right, right. In a social climate where black men are killed, socially profiled, and imprisoned for the same reason. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some sort of consciousness as a black woman that Kenya needs to have where you need to realize when to pull back and when to go in because you shouldn't be willing to go that far for a read to where you all of a sudden like now like it's just there when is yeah. enough? Where's the line? Yeah. Where's yeah. the line? Yeah I- and unfortunately I think Kenya falls into that classic hurt people hurt people she sees everyone around her having things that she's wanted family love from a mother just being part of something um and she sees all these people having these she's bitter unfortunately like she's stuck in this low vibe because she she like spoke to that because she said in the same scene when she was talking about ross being allegedly aggressive she said in the same breath that she was jealous of her because she didn't have a husband there to do the same thing for her. So why is it now all of a sudden, if if Mark Daly's fine but evil ass to protect you, now all of a sudden that same behavior is okay. But because you're there by yourself, now all of a sudden it's aggressive and now he's a danger to women. Right. Like, wait a minute, pump your brakes, forehead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Well, we did speak to Kenya's Aquarius sun. She also has her North Node in Aquarius. So your North Node is kind of your destiny and what you're moving towards in this life. And hopefully, you know, Kenya can really look within herself and do some of the shadow work like Tasha was talking about earlier in order to become more in alignment. Because right now, like, it's it's clear that she's not happy and you can't be in alignment when you're not happy. Um but just on like the greater conversation of this in general, we're moving towards the Aquarian age 
And like we hear about the age of Aquarius and that song from what was that hair or whatever show that was. Yeah. um, But hopefully what this will bring for all of us is a more communal, more open, more accepting, more giving to others and less Capricornian um, doing it for me, doing it for my people. Like we're moving towards this age of being more um, accepting and open in for the theory. Record, for the record, we are in the age of Aquarius, right? You're talking about Pluto moving from Capricorn into Aquarius? Yeah, are we? I, I thought we were, but the, but the transits, and I was like, wait, why is it still in Capricorn? No, we are in the age of Aquarius, but Pluto is moving into um, Aquarius. Yes, that's after. what I'm talking about, is Pluto Yeah, yeah, just to clarify, just yeah. to clarify. Yes, thank you, because Pluto, Pluto brings change. Pluto brings regeneration, shedding things off in order. Like, I think of it like a phoenix, right? Like, burning everything down in order to start anew. Um, so that's not coming anytime soon. And of course, change takes time, especially systematic change. Um, but just the final to, like, innings of it, though. That, that is yeah. hopefully coming. <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, we are in the final innings of it, though. Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008. Um, so we've definitely seen, obviously, since like the great financial crisis, like upheavals of systems and social uprisings. Um, and movements that have arised in this Pluto and Capricorn era of dismantling systems that don't serve, frankly. Um, so there is a lot more hope. And, you know, with Pluto moving in Aquarius, there's also going to be a lot of emphasis on technology and maybe how we turn to technology and use that for advancing our humanitarian causes in such a way and connecting us all. So uh, things might seem very grim or very chaotic right now and especially because we're also in eclipse season on top of everything um but i do believe in the long run there is hope um and at sometimes it might seem a little dimmer than others but nevertheless there is hope and i am hopeful based on how the planets are orbiting and how like like the mundane astrology in the direction that it's moving i can't predict how things are gonna you know play out directly but you can maybe get a sense for where a hopeful path could lead and i'm as dark as i am personally hopeful that enough of us will rise fingers crossed fingers crossed (laughs) what do you think Now, mind you, I'll start with the follow-up question first, and then I'll double back. Do you think that content creators have a responsibility to contribute to the maturity of the fandom experience or the fan base experience when it comes to these reality shows? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. What do you think we need to be doing? Or how do you think we could be contributing to to that maturation process? To be honest, like, I think the fact that Emma and I, again, we have very different opinions. We've had very challenging conversations, like, in our, you know, and not to say that it's an indicative of the partnership, because I love working with Emma, and I think we bounce off each other. But again, you know, we have very different perspectives. I'm from Malaysia. I'm half Pakistani. I moved to the States when I was 14. I've been in very different environments. Um, So, and, you know, naturally comes different biases. And I think for us, it's I personally love that we have each other to check each other 
So let's say like we're, you know, talking about a content idea. And Emma and I both know that we're not, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't identify as someone, we, we, we would hope we were open, right? We are not intentionally trying to malign anybody. We're not trying to like insult anyone or, you know, do any of that irresponsible sort on social media. But right. words matter and words have power and words have, words can create action. And for me, it's important to think about the most inclusive thing, even just from like a word choice thing, right? Like there's this word, but okay, like, is this word problematic? Sure, there might be problematics, but I'm taking my ego aside. I know I'm not this person, but I have a responsibility to portray an image very similar to what you were talking about, understanding a public role you play. And if you're putting content out to me, and if you're hoping, um, and if you're hoping, I mean, as long as your goals are aligned with, you know, hopefully education or spreading information about something, and ultimately i do feel like we are gatekeepers of that and we have that responsibility and people maybe have not been introduced to different ways of thinking and that's also the role of the content creator to frame things in a way that allows that bridge of understanding hopefully to arise i agree with that um you know that that is a big part of the stuff that i'm doing that i bringing up that I can't talk about um <laughs> we, well, we're excited to hear it when it launches though <laughs> well there's nothing in the works yet like, like like I said there's things that I'm pitching and I'm having conversations that's mm-hmm. where it that's the extent of where it is right now so I'm not saying oh I got something in the qu-. I ain't saying all that but it don't have to come it don't have to come immediately I just know you'll put something out because I had faith in you well, thank you. Things are something is going to happen. Yeah. Because, because yeah. like, because like, like I was saying at the beginning of this com- com- conversation, I choose to produce this podcast in the style that I do because I have a very specific intent about where I want my career to go. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, so I think that me doing this independent work and me doing this podcast by myself and showing that I can produce a five day a week talk show just with an iPhone and a tablet like I, can, like I feel like I can show that I'm at least prepared for the opportunity to do more do you get what I'm saying yeah yeah so it's just you know back to what back to what y'all were saying about Virgo's always feeling the need to be you know extremely pre- prepared for everything uh, <laughs> <laughs> true to character true can't to charm can't help can't help true to charm True to chart, true to chart. Wow, that's true a hard. To chart, chart. That's a hard one to say very quickly, very fast. I like that though. We're gonna take that. True to chart. <laughs> yeah, true it, to chart. <laughs> Two hundred eight timestamp. With that, uh, I just I hope that that in that intention is clear in the work that I'm doing now and in the mission statements that I'm putting out because there are some things that I'm that I'm pitching right now where it's like you know it's creating a much bigger platform well a, a bigger platform for myself to to have a bigger message so I'm hoping that that is always agreed upon within the rooms that I'm walking into as part of the overall presentation because 
y'all know, like, I'm here for the shit. You know, I like to laugh and kiki and talk shit and do all of that. Mm. But I come from, like, a Dick Gregory, Paul Mooney type of mm-hmm. type of comedy where it's like, we're going to make you laugh, but we're going to make you laugh about, them, about some shit that's supposed to make you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to laugh it. in the moment, but when you get in the car, you're going to be like, damn, he really said that. Yeah. She, she really said that. Hey, man, I fuck, I fuck with that, you know, Scorpio life. That's so. really what it's about for me. Is like, I, like, 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 I really want to create this enjoyable content that's you know fun and you know all of that. But I also want to have these conversations wrapped in there mm-hmm. and also learn new things in the process. Which is why I, at the beginning of this conversation, I completely threw out all of my questions because the interview lent itself to a direction that I was like, oh, we have to go here because yeah. this is something that in in context in the moment sounds like it has nothing to do with content creation nothing to do with reality tv but look at how the circle ended up mm-hmm. now we've ended up here because of that conversation do you get what i'm saying it there's a method to the madness <laughs> i'm a virgo damn it you're a virgo damn it with a lot of we i mean hey you know emma and i we we're both storytellers too you know um yes. we we all have our hidden, not hidden, we all have our agendas and our points and what we're trying to say. We all have different ways of going about it. And again, you know, bringing this full circle back to the beginning of, you know, the episode, like what, two hours ago or something crazy? Something um, like that. Where, again, your natural voice is, is where you should have the, where Jupiter's in your chart is where you should have the most faith in yourself. And because it's in Leo and in your natural voice around your beliefs, that is the most clear-cut way to me that you can accomplish everything. That faith, truly, in yourself, in your voice, in what you have to say. Because it is genuine. It is important. Thank you. Thank you so much. That genuinely means a lot. Because I just, I don't know how to do content any other way. Like, I think about all of the content that I've ever made. My first YouTube channel started because I went on a nine-minute rant cursing out racist white people about using the N-word. And then the follow-up video was that of that was me cursing out rappers for using the N-word in their music and then selling it to white people and then getting mad when they rap it at your concert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I have so many thoughts about that in itself as a white please. person who loves rap <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like rough you don't it like it's uncomfortable and do it's you feel like, like you're being set up um no because someone's creating art the way they want to create art and there's like that's their art i'm i'm not gonna tell you to not say those words or not but like as a white person or like just as a non-black person mm-hmm. like what's appropriate you know like it's hard when you're like in the middle of wrapping some twista line and it's like everything's going so fast and you just know it to be what it is and before you know it you say it, and then you look around like oh shit like and then you kind of like recoil because you're like oh my god it's like i mean i don't really have like i don't have like a statement as it should be one way or the other but like it definitely is something i think about every time i get in the car and put music on (laughs) as a rapper because I actually have a whole mixtape out. Like, I actually do make oh, music. Oh, look at you. Like, 
thank you like I actually do make music like I think about stuff like that and like I said like all of my content has been like some form of activism like my like my first YouTube channel that eventually became my my first con that eventually became my first podcast was about being black and queer in America my mixtape was a was a love letter to queer people of color and um you know this youtube channel that i created before i created this podcast was about talking about the nuances and complexities around racism and social awareness with within the pop culture space Mm -hmm. right so i started having conversations about reality tv but then it led to me having conversations about Whoopi Goldberg, Jimmy Kimmel, Spotify, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. Like, it just led to me having all of these conversations about pop culture as a wide space. And then I ended up taking a mental break for about three months. And then I popped up with a podcast. And now here we are doing the talk show. <laughs> yeah. Can't help yourself. Gotta be busy. That could have been a much... That could have been a much longer story, but yes, you're right. <laughs> I can't help, but like, I have to be busy to be sane. Like, I say that a lot. Like, I stay busy to stay sane. Cause like, I'll tell people like, yeah, I've got two podcasts, a YouTube channel. I do music. I work out. I do yoga, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, you're so busy. I'm like, what's the alternative? Well, you're a generator. So you have the ability to, you can keep going and going and going like the energizer bunny, as long as things are lighting you up. So if you're excited yeah. about something, you'll just naturally have the energy for it. But if you were to try to put that energy towards things you didn't like, you would burn out immediately and you wouldn't be able to do any of them. You wouldn't have that energy or that, like, drive. Yeah, like, like people ask me, like, how are you doing a podcast five days a week? How do you re- how do you talk to people five days a week and do interviews and you're doing two a day sometimes? Da, 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 da. I'm like, because I genuinely love what I do. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, genuinely love what I do. I've never been happier doing anything that I've ever done in my life than I am doing this podcast. I wholeheartedly feel that way. And listen, I've been someone who's been trying to be in the entertainment industry since they were eight years old. I remember Mm -hmm. being an eight-year-old and filming my own audition tape and sending it to Disney without my mother knowing anything and actually got a call back. As oh, look at you, self-starter. I love this energy. Like, I literally got a callback from Disney, and I, and like, I forgot that I didn't tell my mom that I was making this entire video. Ah, but I'm, but I was raised a latchkey kid. So for y'all who don't understand how I made all of this happen, and my mom not know what the fuck is going on, latchkey kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so having all of the free time that I did have, I was just like you say a self-starter like I got up you know to go to school school during the day my mom was already gone when I came home from from school my mom didn't get get home until later you know what I'm saying so I had a lot of time to myself and that was just what I did I was like I feel like like I always say that I've spent my entire life rehearsing because mm-hmm. I've always spent my life dancing recording myself doing mock TV shows, mock radio interviews, mock, like I've always, you know, like, like pretending to be the host of TRL, then <laughs> to be the host of 106 and Park and, right. and, and like interview those different types of artists and like pretending to, to like have my own radio show and learn the choreography to every music video known to man and, you know, try to teach myself to, 
to, to sing. That's the one thing that didn't work out so well. Hmm. But I feel like I've, you know, honed a lot of other skills that, you know, make up for it. But like, I, so like, I don't know how to do anything else but this. But I say all of that to say, I've never been happier doing anything else than I have been doing this podcast. I've been a dancer. I've been a model. I've I've been a singer. I've been a rapper. I've been a YouTuber. I've been a podcaster. I've been a a person who's tried to, to produce a reality show. I was almost on a reality show at one point. I auditioned for making the band and oh my I almost gosh. got on, but I was 16 and I was too young to do it. And because <laughs> they didn't post the age requirement on the show, they just cut my scenes out. You could have so been Danity Kane. Well, After. technically I would have been in day 26, but. Oh, oh what's shit. that? I don't even remember that one. That was the boy band that they made after Danity Kane, but oh, I was free transition at the time. So, you know. Oh my anyway. gosh. So, you know what's interesting? <laughs> that was back in my fuckboy day. When you say that this is the project that's like lighting you up the most and that you mm-hmm. care the most about, like when I look back at your human design, you have something. Um, like the incarnation cross that you have which is kind of your purpose or yeah like what you're meant to do you have what's called the right angle cross of planning three and basically this boils down to um you're here to evaluate the cost of community projects in order to say like i like this idea but is it worth the cost and that like from the podcasts of yours that i've listened to that's exactly what you're doing you know, you're like taking a look at society and being like, okay, this is entertaining, but like at what cost? And where yeah. are we going? Um, so like you're living your purpose. You're in it. You just just keep doing it. Thank you so much. Because when you said that at first, I thought about it as like the production of my content. And I thought about like me analyzing, you know, me taking things off, off, off of my plate to focus on this podcast like at one point I was doing this podcast the um, sister podcast trying to film a daily vlog for my YouTube channel because I have like 700 and something subs over there so I felt like I was just wasting that audience over there so I so like so like I was literally trying to be everywhere at once and I felt like everything was suffering so I was like I have to step away from this YouTube channel to really put focus on this podcast because this is where my passion is like I'm doing everything surrounding this podcast like I was doing YouTube videos to promote my podcast do you get what I mean yeah so it's like so it's like when everything started to revolve around the podcast but I was spreading myself so thin trying to accommodate everything it was like I'm trying to spread myself this thin specifically to do this podcast so it's like I gotta pick my battles and like take my you know take my L's where I have to take them but then it's like when you say that it's like that is literally the entire purpose of why I'm doing this podcast it's like I love reality TV don't get me wrong I'm ratchet as they come but I'm also (laughs) righteous Mm, ratchet and righteous should be a podcast name (laughs) I can't take credit for it I got those two words in in, in succession from Charlemagne the God I don't know Uh, why he hasn't turned that into something but shout out to Charlemagne shout out to Charlemagne yeah because yeah, so I see that people should be equally ratchet and righteous. And I believe I'm 60 40. I'll let y'all choose which is which. <laughs> yeah, I'd see like your transition is really from going like from an individual to being more community focused um, in order to create change. 
that's the only way I know know how to create content. Like everything I've done has been bigger than me. And that's the only way I feel like I can commit to it is if it has a bigger purpose than just being self-serving. I don't know, like, 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 even if you go and listen to my music, like the most that I talk about bragging on myself is like being talented. Like, but I don't talk about I'm the biggest and the best and the baddest and the this and the that. It's more so about like, I'm the most talented and I'm gonna be the person to stand on the front lines for this community and say what needs to be said because I have the, the rap skills to, the rap skills to do it so if mm-hmm. i have to write a big so if i have to write a better song than you to get you to hear hear what what the fuck i'm saying then i'm gonna do that mm-hmm. it's less about me and it's more so about no we all deserve to be here and, and because you have a lot of gay fans rap has a lot of gay fans rap has a lot of queer fans rap has a lot of fans of other races mm-hmm. so i feel like we all need to be considerate of that mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying especially yeah. when you want everybody to be a consumer of mm-hmm. do you get what i'm saying yeah and i'm not yeah. saying censor your content for the audience but then at the same time it's like you're either gonna censor your content for the audience or you or you're gonna stop being mad when your white friends rap rap the n-word at your damn concert especially when you want to be the biggest rapper possible you're gonna eventually have to cross over and what that means in hip-hop terms is you're gonna have to get a white fan base mm-hmm so you're gonna have to consider that. I just mm-hmm. think that that's real rap, like, and I rap about that stuff. So yeah. once again, that goes back to it being bigger than me. I don't know how to do content that's bigger than me, and it's crazy because the irony of that is I'm in an industry that's narcissistic and self-serving. <laughs> the reason people get into entertainment is because they want attention, and I am the last person. Like, I'm the person like listen like the art I don't like I literally do my do my podcast and I never think about how people are perceiving me I never think about what people think about me mm-hmm. I always think think about what people think about the conversation and I do think to a degree that's ignorant as fuck and I need need to be more aware but that just kind of shows where my focus is it's like I don't think about you know oh does my voice sound crazy it does my stutter sound stupid? Da 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 da. Blah 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 blah. It's more so like, am I curating the proper conversations? Are they going to get something from this? Am I helping the person that I'm interviewing tell their story? Am I asking the right questions? Am I making them feel comfortable? Am I going to make the people who are listening to this that relate to them feel comfortable? Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's it's just. I'm glad that it's not like because I. I'm glad that it's just how I'm built because I've had a lot of imposter syndrome around that for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time I felt like the reason I was like this is because of my own insecurities about myself. And I thought like, well, instead of focusing on me, I'll focus on the greater good so that that way I can still do what I love, but not have to focus on me and my insecure ass. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which or I still she... feel is very true and very valid. Don't do that. I no. ain't nobody's sympathy, child. We, 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 no, we, it's we, not we, sympathy. It's not like, sympathy. It's more but, just, I want to give that version of Sean a hug because it's a hard thing to still internalize at that time, regardless of how you, you know, have come out on the other side and are, you know, churning along and really powering through. But 
still you know it, it's not sympathy you're incredibly capable and you know you're crushing it and in fact i'm even all in all of your energy and how much you have on your plate but um yeah no i mean especially in like these times to me it's like we can all use extra hugs you know like regardless and so that's just me sending you a hug virtually um and i'm hoping at some point if we ever see each other i'll give you a real one <laughs> well i appreciate it i ain't gonna turn down no hug jeff <laughs> Now, I tell the people that I've been social distancing since Y2K, but, you know, I give a girl a hug if I like her. <laughs> so, you know, I fuck with y'all, so we can hug all day long. Yes. Hug puddle. Um, uh, yeah! yeah. Hug puddle. But thank you so much also for sharing, though, Sean. Like, I think it's really beautiful that, you know, to, to you know, we, we never really formally talked a whole lot before this recording but i feel like i've learned so much about you and it's so deeply beautiful and i am really so proud of you honestly and your growth i appreciate that i think i'm one of those people who i don't recognize i I think because i'm a type of person who's like i live what i live every day so Mm. i guess i'm just used to my own reality I don't realize like the shit that I'm saying about my life can actually be impactful. I'm just saying like, this is just my reality. And so I appreciate when people say things like that because I'm hearing it more often now. Like, and I don't realize that I'm quote unquote being vulnerable or that I'm sharing something that's impactful to people. I feel like it's just what I go through every day. And I feel like my life isn't that interesting. So, (laughs) so I just like, so I'm just like, yeah, you know, I've been through this. I've been through that. I've lived, like I said, I feel like I've lived seven out of nine lives. Yeah. So I've been through a lot of shit. So I'm just to a point to where I'm like almost numb to my own trauma. So I don't mm. realize how impactful the shit that I've been through can be to other people because I carry it and it's a part of me and I'm slowly breaking that down and leaving it as breadcrumbs. But like it's something that I that I know so well it's like when you know your favorite song it's like you don't even like you may not even realize how much that song means to you after 10 years of singing it mm-hmm. do you get what I mean yeah yeah so it's like that 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 means a lot to me but I think I'm gonna be one of those people who is gonna look back on this when I'm actually 60 <laughs> Instead of just talking to people like I'm 60, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just like look back on this and realize, wow, I really have lived a hell of a fucking life. Like people always say, write your book, write your book. I'm like, who is gonna want to read that? Like no one wants to hear me talk about it now. Why would you want to read a book about? Nobody reads. Oh, I read. I read a lot. Yeah, I read too. <laughs> I read. <laughs> but I'm saying, like people, like people in pop culture don't read anymore. Grown people read. Listen, Ooh. pop culture reading is what brought me to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. God. Thank God we have kids. Thank God we, we have people who, like, care about words off a screen. Like, I just, I just, listen, I just. I care about both, low-key. High-key, high-key, I, I care about, about both. <laughs> I care about all of it, trust me, because I would not be this willing to talk this much shit about Housewives and be this right. good at it. If I didn't. But I just feel like to be able to do that, to be able to do that so well, to engage so well, you there has to be a level of substance, of substance to inform that. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. ah, 
don't feel like like I feel like the best people on Housewives, the best girls that that have the best reads and you know cast the best shade. I feel like they're all really smart. Yes. You have to be. You have to be to draw those connections and to like be able to articulate in such a biting way. Yes, like look at Kenya, look at Candace. Like which one will have so girls smart, is gonna be yeah. bringing up some revisionist history? Like girl, what? Like <laughs> Also, girl, I just saw Oh my gosh, I was I was just gonna say I just saw Candace in in concert and she's like so incredible, honestly. So much that great. album is so good. That it deep space album is incredible. It's oh really? really good. I haven't listened to it. I was just thinking it was gonna be like a tardy for the party situation. No, no. she's like legit. She's like a legit Candace vocalist. Music. Candace got and listen. I grew up. I'm 1991 and done. Yeah. I know R and B. Yes. I know ribs and barbecue, huh? rhythm and blues, <laughs> ratchet and booty shaking. I know R and B. Okay, that woman did an R and B album. Mm-hmm. It is such a good project. I was listen. I didn't know. Listen. Because we've heard Candace give a little hey, yeah, riding the confessional, okay? So I didn't know what she was gonna be giving down to this album. Mm-hmm. But with she, but listen, that album is I highly recommend. I so highly recommend that album. I will it's definitely so check it out. It's like you it, It's a good vibe. Oh, it really is. No, 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 it just it flows really well. I like. I really enjoyed it personally. I just want to give a heads up that um, my phone has like 11% left, so um, <laughs> I don't know if like, there were any other things you wanted to cover you before um, I get booted, because I don't have a charger in the in the closet. <laughs> you know, I don't have a list. You know, I threw out the list of questions. I was kind of getting ready to wind down. I was going to, oh. you know, ask if you guys had like, yeah. Any, like final thoughts final advice for me final words you know before we officially close out because I said fuck all of my questions I was like none of that matters right now there's a more important conversation happening and I'm gonna run with that I love and that. I we feel like deep. what we did was so much better than what I would have gotten had I tried to stick to these questions I feel like that's a part of my growth now and I feel like that's a part of me getting comfortable doing this show is yeah. I know when to just let go of the questions and just run with the conversation. Yeah. Trust your flow. Trust the flow. That's what yeah. makes a great interviewer. I'm Amen. working on it. Amen. I feel like I haven't, I, you know, what's crazy to me, I'm going to say something and I'm going to preface it with, I don't care how many followers you have, how big your platform is, big, small, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right? But... I realized that I became, that I was comfortable interviewing people when I interviewed David Yontev from Behind the Velvet Rope. Mm-hmm. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Excuse me. As far as people in this, like, Bravo housewife space, he's a big fucking deal, mm-hmm. right? Like, everybody yeah. goes to David, right? So, like, in that type of context, in the world that I'm in, it's a big deal. But I felt 
so comfortable and I felt so natural. Like, I felt myself at times in the interview being like, whoa, bitch, like, I feel too comfortable. Like, <laughs> like I feel like I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. and it was, I started my first hints of that when I interviewed Andario Abrams from the YouTube network Chasing Reality. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that I felt comfortable doing an interview. And then after that, it just kind of got better and better and better. But then once I got to David's interview, I felt like for the first time, I really knew what I was doing. I was like, oh, bitch, you got this. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a great time. But yeah, closing words from you guys. Do you have anything that you wanted to tell the viewers, tell me, tell each other, confess to each other now? Forever hold our peace. Forever Um, hold your peace until your next podcast (laughs) when you got to face each other again. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow. Um, uh, No, I mean, you know, one, I just, I'm so thankful that we, you know, all got to connect today. And, um, you know, as you said, like, you know, obviously always so happy to talk about our show, but I do think it was really important to get deep into, um, you know, the responsibility we all play as um, players in this space now as content creators. So, um, I mean, the only thing I'll say is astrology works, y'all, whether you're keeping track or not. And so I think um, how cool is it that, you know, on our show, on our content, on our Instagram page at the Cosmic Clubhouse, we get to kind of walk you through it and show you lift sort of the veil behind and show you the magic of what's really like all the energetic forces at play. So, you know, we hope you enjoy our content and Emma and I look forward to creating more moving forward yeah totally 100 percent. i'll also just like plug us shamelessly um please because that was gonna be my next question (laughs) yes our podcast all the things and things where you for reading where can they follow you follow the podcast all the things yes all the things all the things so the podcast is called house of bravo and uh you know we're on like the normal platform spotify uh, Apple Podcast, etc. And you can follow us on Instagram at the Cosmic Clubhouse. Um, and yeah, from there you could find our personal accounts, but but we're here for that. So yeah, and on our personal pages, you know, uh, I, I'm the agent of Pluto. Emma is Emma Jones. Um, we both have our booking links on our respective sites. So you know, if there's anything about the style of reading that we you know, accidentally gave Sean today um, in this recording, you know, definitely hit us up if you have any questions or, if, you know, folks just want to chat astrology too. I, at least I'll, I'll open my DMs for that. I don't want to open Emma's up to DMs. Yeah, I'm time. never in my DMs. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, in- no. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, this, in my is, this is another reason why we're such good complimentary partners because I don't do social media and Tasha does so um it's perfect <laughs> I hate social media personally the only reason that I'm on social media is to promote my podcast right right so, exactly like, if I didn't have a podcast if I didn't have a YouTube channel if I didn't have anything to promote I would not be on social media I would be somewhere watching YouTube or binging on some random streaming service, minding my business. Exactly. That's me to a T. Um, I, I like didn't exist on the internet before I started a business four years ago. So um, yeah, but 
Tasha will answer your DMs. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your DMs. I'll, I'll answer your DMs. I have Jupiter and Mercury on top of each other, so I feel like, yeah, I like doing that. <laughs> Social media took on a whole different meaning to me once I started promoting myself. Like, I feel like once I started doing drag and, like, I started, like, to use social media to book myself and and to you know promote my my own shows and you know do all of these things and like really like use it as a promotional tool versus just somewhere to kick it and talk shit it mm-hmm. really social media took on a whole different meaning for me so once I started doing drag and like I started making money doing drag and like being booked and having to promote myself and be places and people cared about where I was oh social media took a whole different meaning going to clubs took a whole different meaning listen mm-hmm. it, going to a club means means a whole different thing once you get paid to be there right oh yeah absolutely let me tell you something you will never want to go out again because <laughs> I, I don't even want to go out now <laughs> I, why do you think I returned to why do you think I came out of drag retirement and started a podcast instead of actually doing drag that glowing out life was too much. I was yeah. like, girl, hell no. I'm still quarantined and fuck y'all. I ain't got no yeah. time for that. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody I, got time for a second round of coronavirus. That's like my I other dream. Monkey pie, turkey pie. <laughs> RSV though right now, right? RSV infections. What is that? Oh, I read that in the New York Times the other day. I think it's like affecting, it's like a respiratory infection that's like going through the schools in New York or something. Oh, but speaking of drag, like if this weren't a Housewives podcast, this would have been a drag race astrology podcast. It's just like yes. not as easy to find their birth information and all of that. Although they'd probably be more open to like giving me that information if I reached out to them in the Housewives. But that's like, I, I hope that this expands into um, other shows one day. Yeah. If oh my God. If you ever want to do that, and are looking for a third. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, I mean, I feel Call like. Call me like Blondie. A thruffle. A thruffle. Yes. The, hug, the hug puddle. I will be. <laughs> yes. Name a podcast. The hug puddle. Bring Period. it back. Yes. Bring it Patent back. pending. Patent pending. Trademark Patent pending. pending. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whereas you're just all good vibes. All good vibes only. Yes. 100%. Because. Listen, I haven't really had the opportunity to talk about a lot of the reality shows that I want to talk about, Drag Race included, because Housewives took took over my entire world. Because Mm. most of the content creators that I reach out to are Bravo accounts and Housewives accounts. There aren't a lot of people who have, like, love and hip-hop pages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I just end up talking about Housewives and Bravo most of the time. So it just kind of like turned into that. But this is a reality TV podcast across the spectrum. So I would love, like, listen. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole little side project that I want to do about the swan that me and my homegirl are working on. Listen. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. The swan, darling? girl i was listening to one of your podcast episodes i don't even remember which one but i was in puerto rico and i was it's like when you reached out to us so i was listening to your content and i love that like you were talking with your guest about 
all the reality TV that they, like what had gotten them into reality TV. And they were listing off all of these shows that I was like, oh fuck, I watched that. Oh shit, I watched that too. Like I've literally been watching reality TV my whole life. And some of it, like The Swan, was so problematic. Yeah. How was that acceptable? I mean, my phone's gonna die on me, so that's another conversation. But that 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 show was wild. (laughs) Yes, like I like I like it. That's why I ask people what's their favorite type of reality TV. So because I don't think people realize like there's other types of reality TV outside of Housewives. Like I always say, I've been watching reality TV since like Housewives, since like House Hunters, Curb Appeal, HGTV, since Road Rules, since like I've been watching Survivor since season one. We're on season (laughs) forty-two. See what I mean? See what I mean? Like, reality TV goes back so far. There's so many stories, so many experiences. And I realized, like, people's life stories in can end up being encapsulated in their reality TV experiences. And I find that through a lot of these conversations, I find people end up telling their life stories in the context of the reality TV they watch because they connect to certain shows or certain reality stars based on what they're going through in their lives. Mm-hmm. Hence why I ended up taking this podcast five days a week and leaning into the interview side of the podcast instead of recapping reality TV. One, because reality, one, because recapping reality TV is really arduous. And two, because I got more out of the interviews. I was like, whoa, this is way more impactful than me just talking shit about these episodes that y'all are already talking shit about on Twitter. This is what I need to be doing. So... I turned it into a talk show. And we're very thankful for it. (laughs) Yes, and thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. I hope to have you guys back. If if you ever want me on your podcast, don't don't hesitate to ask. Y'all know where to find me. Slide in my DMs. I'm all for a threesome. (laughs) Yes, we're going to talk soon because I'm going to be coming to y'all for readings, asking you y'all rates and stuff because I, I need y'all help, child, and I Aww. trust y'all. So, so I need to learn and grow and evaluate and realize, you know, what's going on around here. Cause, Cause I be having feelings about shit, but I'm the type of person who was never raised to be cocky. Like I was always eating a humble pie as a kid. Yeah. So I'm, so like, I'm the person that knows I'm talented, but I'm not the one to talk my shit, which is why I don't focus on music like that. It's because I'm not braggadocious. Hmm. Honestly, like now that you mentioned, it, I feel like oh my god, I could go into like another like thirty minute conversation about like your Saturn placement. But I know that's the problem. We can yeah. just go on and on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, this. Oh planet. yeah, like, there's that. You say, I've got like fifty more conversations. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Listen, we can talk about this online, offline. It's up to you. I have nothing to do today oh, until five when I have to re- record my sister podcast. But that's hours from now. So, so funny. <laughs> we can continue this because I want to know who really oh loves God. me. Who <laughs> loves me? Oh, <laughs> oh that's like, that's Again, like, showing my wow, writing. what a question to drop at the end of the recording. <laughs> listen, listen, tune into the talk show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, that's it. 
but yes, thank you guys so much for being here. I'll let you guys go and I'll just slide into your DM so we can have a have all of these conversations via voice notes so that you can come out the closet and go ahead and find you a charger. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm out the closet, voice baby. That's where I that's where I show up on, on Instagram. Like any voice note you get from our account, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can do voice notes all day long because I love texting because I'm long winded. Shout out to Doree. And so <laughs> me texting, I know nobody wants to read that. I feel like it's more easy for people to just listen to what the hell I'm babbling about instead of reading me go on a rant. So I'm here for the voice notes. But Same. thank y'all Same for being sense. here. Thank y'all for listening. We're going to untie them. We're going to let her come out the closet. And <laughs> y'all leave us, leave us comments. Follow everybody. Follow the podcast leave five star ratings leave them comments let them know that I sent you and we gonna talk to y'all later I, I, I'm definitely gonna invite them back so y'all don't don't be asking me when they come and they'll be back when they back okay <laughs> they're very busy women thank you so much Sean yeah thank you. thank you love this so much um, and everyone have a great rest of your eclipse season Yes, watch out for November 8th. <laughs> yeah, Sean, we're excited to hear what comes up. We're going to try to survive until fucking March, apparently, since hell is going to be, <laughs> hell is going to be rage. The purge is going to be happening until March, according to this podcast. So, uh, strap you yourself in, slut puppy. Um, <laughs> but no, love you dearly. I, I'm, I'm about to hop off of here inside, straight into y'all's DMs. So we love you. Thank you so much. And... Thank y'all again. Kisses, kisses, kisses. Ciao. Bye. Kisses, hugs, puddle. Hugs, puddle. Bye. All right, everybody, that was my amazing, amazing conversation with Emma and Tasha from the House of Bravo podcast. Make sure you guys go and follow each one of them and follow their podcast. Subscribe, leave them five stars, leave them all types of comments, love, green heart emojis, and tell them that I sent you. Make sure you guys reach out to them to get readings, to get advice, to get words of encouragement, all of the things of the things. Because if this podcast is anything to go by, these two know exactly what they're talking about. And I followed up with them after the recording of this episode for more, you know, detailed words. And I followed up on the things that they've given me and honestly they haven't been wrong they've hit every single time so I truly believe that if they can help me they can certainly help you because I am a astrological emotional hot mess so I'm sure that they can if they can sift through all of my Virgo chaos and give me some positive words and some things to live on that truly resonated and pe- and penetrated with me, I'm sure that they can help any one of you out because I feel like I'm hopeless most of the time. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but on that note, I appreciate every single one of you guys for being here. I appreciate Tasha and Emma again for coming on and blessing this podcast and blessing my life in the process. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, do all of the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. Share it with your friends, share it with your mom, share it with your homies, share it with your frenemies, share it with that bitch you don't like on Facebook, all of that, right? I love every single one of you guys for being here. I appreciate and care about you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Until next time, make sure you guys always be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. Subscribe to the pod, subscribe to the sister pod, my co-host, all the things of the things. You know what I tell you every episode. Until then, until next episode, I love you guys so much. I'll be real. I'll stay in reality. I'll always bring the realness only if you do the same. So I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you. Bye. Peace. I've really got to work on scripting that outro because it seems really jumbled at the end. And it just sounds like I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. What do you think? Oh, shit. Turn the mic off.